Unlocking What Was Cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Anyway, Mike, there are only three things that can really improve the sport of hockey, and that is mascot fights, $1 beer nights, and Limp Biscuit. Yeah, Limp Biscuit being played all the time should be uh, in the Constitution, Neil, but oh, we're live. Oh, well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. I do love mascot fights, though. Those are the absolute best. I, I love mascot like, fights to Limp Biscuit. Exactly. You got oh, you got to put rolling on absolutely or breaks break stuff is the uh, the one of course. But no, thank you so much for joining me today. It's going to be a great episode. We've got some guests joining us, an amazing topic. I'm excited to dive into it. But first, I was thinking the other day, Mike. I I moved in with my fiance about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, and I was shaving. And now I don't shave much of my face since I have a beard. I do my neck and my cheeks. But I realized I am using the same bottle of shaving cream or shaving yeah shaving cream that I moved in with. I haven't finished it yet and it got Mm. me thinking about other things that like I haven't finished in a while or things that like I never thought or things that I just take such a long time you can't remember the last time you replaced them like for example I also I finished a box of salt a couple weeks ago oh yeah and I've never bought salt before and I'm having a really hard time it's just table salt right because you buy it by like like in a two kilogram box and that stuff never ends Mm -hmm. and it's over it's almost like as a kid like you never finished an eraser you never finished like a pen now as an adult I finish a bunch of pens but can you think of anything that like you bought a long time ago and are still using salt is a good one for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, aluminum foil like tin foil I would say Uh, You buy a big roll of that because you're not using tinfoil like that often. I mean, obviously for for cooking uh, as a base there. But when you buy the big roll, like I buy the relatively big rolls of Reynolds aluminum foil as you do. Of course. Uh, And uh, and that one, that's one that I probably haven't bought in like four or five years, I would say. Like it's been there for a while. And, you know, I might not use much tinfoil as the, as the average person, but that one wax paper as well, which I'm, I'm slowly learning that wax paper doesn't really have much of a function. It seems to have been taken (laughs) over by tinfoil and uh, parchment paper. And yeah, my, my mom, my mom bought wax paper for the only reason as kids was to wrap our lunch sandwiches and, okay, that, yeah. and that's it. And I could never figure out how she wrapped them because the way she wrapped them, they would stay wrapped and I would wrap it and put it in my bag and it would just not work. Like that's my a mom sandwich thing. Would, yeah. My mom was very talented at yeah. using wax paper, but there is no use for it. One time my brother accidentally baked with it. That was a mess. <laughs> well, and it's funny though, because I, I don't know about you, but I, uh, growing up, I remember like hearing about, it's just like wax paper. Like this is what you use for like baking or ovens. Like, like that's the association that when mm-hmm. you're younger that's the association you have is wax paper and ovens like why wouldn't it be i mean it seems like a baking thing that you use but maybe the narrative has changed in the last 20 years of people being like there were way too many fires please yep. don't use wax paper anymore please use parchment paper so parchment pa- parchment paper is the new wax paper absolutely yeah. so i haven't bought wax paper in forever maybe <laughs> that's actually maybe an even better one to to uh, relate to you, to your salt because yeah I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if I have ever actually gone out and bought wax paper I think I inherited it uh, when you when you move into a new uh, a new apartment uh, you know the <laughs> the people usually leave stuff behind I've never right. moved somewhere where someone hasn't left someone behind something behind that's a that's a guarantee for sure and it's always like 
useless items and uh i know that at least one time there was a big thing of wax paper that was left behind <laughs> yeah you got that one random drawer with a couple paper clips two rubber bands <laughs> and a roll of wax paper that the owners just couldn't bring themselves to boxing up that's that's a fair point yeah the the, the paper the cooking paper is an interesting point i think once we own barbecues the foil will go much faster I think so too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Tinfoil was made for the barbecue man. And, you know, thinking about the summer, thinking about windows uh, as you do, uh, windows down, Neil, in the car, driving uh, driving along in the car, California, the OC theme is, is blaring. We've been on the run, looking out for number one, California, here we come. Uh, and of course, you got to put your arms out, you know, maybe flailing out there uh, mm-hmm. with your arms as, as you're going by. And uh, and I was thinking the other day as I was a passenger in the in the car and uh, during this the the nice heat that we're having, uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, what should I do with my arm right now? Should I just rest it? Should I do the full wave? Uh, should I just do the full extension <laughs> out that you see sometimes? <laughs> what what do you do? What is your first instinct when you get in a car and the windows roll down and there's music playing? I put my arm out the window. I'm an arm out the window guy. It's tough okay. because I'm usually the one driving. So I have my sure. left arm out the window for the mo- most of the time. And, you know, you got you to gotta bring that arm in sometimes when you need to, God forbid, indicate or something like that. So mm. uh, definitely arm out the window. Sometimes I like to go straight out. But living in Toronto, that's that's a bloody fear of mine because there are just so many. That, that that's a, It's a hazard because there are so many construction pylons out there. I'm scared. I'm just going to lose my arm one day on one of those things. So, I was going to say cyclists too, like hitting oh, a cyclist too. in the cyclist well, lane. that's not as bad as – that's not so bad. <laughs> just slap them. Just Technically, the cyclist is at fault at that point because they're on the wrong side of my car if I'm slapping them out the driver's side. <laughs> oh, true. I mean, right driver's side. I'm thinking passenger again. Yo, yes, as that's... a passenger, I mean yeah, – I mean, yeah, ooh, man, arm out the, yeah, still arm out the window, but I like to keep my arm close to the – I try not to extend it past the side view mirror just out of again fear of a pylon a bus a cyclist or a cinder block anything that could that could i'm really scared of losing my arm i think that's probably got something to do with it too much star wars as a kid but what are you what about you what are you what are you doing with your arms out the window of a car in the summertime it's 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 anything uh past the elbow is good and then once it goes elbow or or in that's when it's too far that's that's kind of my opinion uh, about it because yeah i like to do like i like to do the resting the elbow on there Right. And then yeah. wherever your arm dangles is wherever it's going to go. But if you're if you're reaching, like if you have to put your elbow out also into the air, that that feels wrong. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes what I like to do is put my elbow on the bottom of the window. And then I because I got big arms, I can touch the top. I like to do that. Oh, yeah. But again, yeah. I'm I'm scared of the driver accidentally moving the window up and then I'm going to crack my arm in half. Again, it's I, that I, fear. <laughs> I always see people uh, like holding it like monkey style, you know, kind of like holding it uh, the mm-hmm. roof. Uh, of the car when they're um, yep. but not resting their elbow because uh, they don't have that big of arms, I guess. But uh, yeah, when they're just like doing full monkey style on the top there, I'm like, that's a weird, yep. this is a weird move. This is okay. Like you're going to just hold it like that. That doesn't feel comfortable to me. Makes it feel like you're in a Jeep or something. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 I feel like you could do it in a Jeep and nowhere else. Probably. I would love to own a Jeep one day, but only for like a day. I feel like after that, they have no functionality at all. You I don't know, know why you see... Is a thing, Neil. I guess that's true. <laughs> Anybody driving a Jeep in this city, it's so weird. Like The Jeep is the new Hummer because those got discontinued, but summer is here. It's nice to see it. We're getting really close to me needing to record shirtless again. Remember when I did that a couple of years ago? Uh, the room's getting warm. 
getting warm. That's that, those are the sexy episodes. The, <laughs> the let's no get one sweaty knows, episodes. No one knows which ones those were. But Mike, this is probably old news now for most people. But uh, I did want to bring up the PlayStation Showcase that happened a couple of weeks ago. We got a whole bunch of PlayStation Five news. There hadn't been a PS Five showcase like this since I think it was 2021 when they announced Spider Man Two and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I was in I was in uh, Banff at the time. I don't know if you remember when that happened. Uh, pretty big week, but I thought I would maybe just run through all the games that got announced here, and at the end of it, you can maybe point out some of the games that stood out to you, and and I'll do the same, since we obviously don't have an opinion on everything here. I figured that would be most efficient. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we got Spider-Man 2 gameplay, Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater, Marathon, Destiny 2, Street Fighter 6, Fair Game with a dollar sign, Helldivers 2, Concord, Alan Wake 2, Assassin's Creed Mirage gameplay, Dragon's Dogma 2, Final Fantasy 16, Foam Stars, Grand Blue Fantasy, Immortals of Avium, Tower of Fantasy, and then on VR, there was Beat Saber, Resident Evil 4, Arizona Sunshine 2, Crossfire, Sierra Squad, Five Nights at Freddy's, and Synapsis. And then Indies, we had Ghost Runner 2, The Plucky Squire, The Sword of the Sea, Teardown, or Teardown, Cat Quest, Pirates of the Peribian, Neva, <laughs> Revenant Hill, Towers of Agaspa, The Talos Principle 2, and Reveling Ultros. Did any of the games that you saw, if you happened to catch the uh, the showcase, were, was anything there a standout for you on PS5? Because you're a PS5 owner between the two of us. I am a PS5 owner. And of course, Cat Quest is the big one. Friend of the show, John, posting a lot mm. about Cat Quest recently, uh, saying how he loves that game. So uh, I think I, I, I would actually be interested in checking that out. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, I love love supporting some indies. The, the, the biggest one for me was definitely Dragon's Dogma 2, because that kind of took me off guard as well. Did not honestly expect that to get a sequel. Not even expect. That's not the right word. But more that I kind of forgot about the game because it'd been <laughs> out since uh, 2012. I think is when the 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 deluxe version you can call it. I forget what the expansion's name was that made it like, significantly better. Um, but uh, uh, that version of Dragon's Dogma came out yeah around 2012 2013, and we hadn't really seen much or heard much about Dragon's Dogma since then. And it's a really good game. I'm a huge fan of that series, if you want to call that. So uh, I'm really excited to pick up that when it does come out. I'll definitely get that. It's probably the only thing here that I will buy other than Spider-Man 2, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, The Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. I just, I never played Metal Gear Solid 3, so I don't know it really. Uh, Also, I know there was a lot of confusion because it was Metal Gear Solid Triangle. And people yeah. have to say that it's Delta, like they. Right. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of funny. Yeah, I'm not sure what that that triangle. I mean, I, I guess that is it's supposed to be Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. I don't know. At first, I thought I got really excited because I thought it was Twin Snakes, the GameCube game. I, me too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought it was at first. But it's like, oh no, it's a non-GameCube Metal Gear. So never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's those were probably the only ones for me. I, and the Project Q, the the Vita esque kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, kind of bio biogenics looking <laughs> controller. <laughs> uh, that, it's true. That, it, it's it feels like a missed opportunity. That's my kind of take on that. It, I I saw it and like they're they're hype around it. They're like yeah, this is gonna be this mobile device and everything and like kind of going back to to the remote play that we had with the Vita with the PS4. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, friend of the show, John put it really well, where he's like, so the, uh, so Sony decided to invent the Wii U. Uh, That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it looked like. I, I was very underwhelmed by that and I was yeah. a huge PSP fan and I even liked the Vita for a little while. I yeah. did the remote play with Vita and PS4 and it worked. It was fine, but that, that wasn't the best part of the Vita for me. I loved the games that were on that were specifically for Vita and I, I would love Sony to go back to that time again, but 
I don't think that they will. It seems like that they're more headstrong on keeping up with the PlayStation 5 that's doing very well. And for some reason, they keep investing more money and time into VR. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it looks like an interesting piece of tech. I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. I probably will never get one. But yeah, that mm-hmm. was an interesting part of the, uh, the Nintendo Direct PlayStation 5 news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what about you, Neil? What's uh, what what stood out yeah. for you? Uh, no, I know no twin snakes, unfortunately. So you probably just turned it off at that point. Turned it off right away. But no, I I will say I I am very excited for Spider Man Two. I actually yeah. turned it off once that started because I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to see any more. That's the thing. No, like too. I yeah. I saw the intro of Craven doing some weird thing with another hunter, and I was like, great, I don't need to see it because they were cutting to New York, and I I don't want to see any spoilers. I'm gonna buy that game once I get a PS5. So very excited for Spider Man Two, but. I'm with you. Dragon's Dogma 2 looks really neat, um, but I, I've never played Dragon's Dogma 1, so I feel like I need to catch up on that. looks really cool. I like that fantasy, fantasy-ness of it, and it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Dragons and knights and stuff are always fun. Uh looks a little <laughs> easier to jump into than like a Dark Souls kind of game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then there was there was this weird game. It was only maybe a minute of the direct. I'm gonna just call it a direct. Uh, <laughs> foam Foam Stars, which was kind of like Overwatch cross Splatoon. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, a little too cutesy for me i think i've already kind of had my fill of splatoon i just thought it was kind of funny like sony john made the joke about sony making a wii u now it seems like that they're also making a splatoon (laughs) (laughs) they're going back to splatoon 2 exactly exactly uh nintendo's already on splatoon 3 uh immortals of avium i think i'm saying that right that game Mm -hmm. looks really cool if it's the game i'm thinking of there were so many games it looks kind of like a breath of the wild style god sim game where you're like rebuilding this blank world up to its natural state isn't that the tower, um, the towers, towers of, of oh, you're right. Sorry. That's the towers of Agaspa. My bad. Okay, uh, yeah. Immortals of Avium is the one that looks like it's like a doom style game, but you have magic. Oh that's, yeah. That one. Yeah. That one. That looks like a lot of fun. I love doom, especially doom 2016. So I'll probably play that at some point on PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks really cool. Looks fun. Just wacky over the top action. Uh, nothing really on VR for me except for RE4. Looks awesome. Uh, Resident Evil is made for VR. Um, yep. I just never. I'm never gonna own a VR unit, so it's yep. uh, that point is mute. Uh, Cat Quest, like you said, Pirates of the Caribbean. I love that series. It looks awesome. I'm excited to play it. Friend of the show, John. He picked it up just based on the name. Um, (laughs) It it looks so cute. It looks so interesting, like an RPG Zelda style game where you play as cats. It just looks really funny. And then, yeah, Towers of Agaspa that I'm probably saying wrong. That looks really fun. I think I think you and I are both going to love that game at some point when it comes out Mm -hmm. Uh, like that Breath of the Wild style. It gives you a paraglider, which is awesome. And you get to rebuild all of these like this world up again from from scratch. Looks cool. And then the last one here is uh, another indie, and it's called Revealing Ultras. And it's kind of, it was like this hand-drawn, very pastel-looking game. I think it's a Metroidvania. Um, just the art style alone looked beautiful. Like, I love games. I love Metroid games, but I also loved, like, The Messenger and, Sh- and Shovel Knight and uh, Hollow Knight and all those games. Uh, this one looks just like something like that. It looks like a game right up my alley. It looks beautiful. It looks like it's probably going to be pretty difficult. Um, so for me, as is tradition, more of the indie games stood out to me in this uh, in this direct. So I'm excited to eventually own a PlayStation Five. I'm just waiting on the Slim at this point. Yeah, yeah, it was a little surprising that they didn't announce a Slim during that direct. Uh, I I thought yeah. that they would for sure, or at least say that something's in in, in the works. Uh, I, if I were to be a betting man, I think we might see uh, we might see December holiday 2024 as a big time for the slim a new switch uh, a new version of the xbox one 
or whatever the Xbox thing is called nowadays. <laughs> um, I feel like, and then a new Steam Deck as well, which I know is already in the works in terms of a, a kind of an upgrade and uh, in the the hardware uh, and a bit of software as well. So I think I think December twenty twenty four is going to be a big time, and we'll be talking about a lot about new stuff in that um, uh, when the podcast hits episode whatever uh, <laughs> in December twenty twenty four. But yeah. uh, we do have a special uh, edition here, Neil, because we forgot to do it last week. It's time oh. for the mailbag. Mail Ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for missing this segment last week, but if you want to be featured in our mailbag segment, you can leave us a review on whatever podcast service you listen to us on or write into us on any of the social media platforms that you follow us on. We will read them on the show, just like Mike, who wrote into us today. Titan Obor says on Instagram, Hey guys, just started listening to the pod. Gotcha Force and Chibi Robo should have got their own episodes, just saying. Oh, so this is uh, okay. So the GameCube was cool. Podcast is, uh, is what they're, <laughs> they're listening to now. I I totally agree with that. Gotcha Force or Chibi Robo. They probably should have got their own separate episodes. Um, too late. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you as as listeners for this show know, and for the GameCube uh, series, uh, we we had to cram a lot of games in, and uh, the fact that uh, well, this episode actually. Uh, uh, Three years ago was twenty games, so uh, <laughs> uh, we we've gotten better. We've uh, we've uh, we've understood how to sparse games out more and sparse um, the things that we're talking about out more. And also, just now we have a bit more time, and we like dealing mm-hmm. with one or two things at a time. So we will definitely go back to Chibi Robo at some point because Neil and I always like to talk about that game and yeah. uh, and and go into it more. And one day maybe even own it, but uh, that's in the far future, I'm sure. That that's the millennial dream is owning a house and a copy of Chibi. <laughs> Be robo on GameCube, obviously. Yeah, I would love to go back that's to that one cottage. and make it. That's the... <laughs> yeah, we're now lowering our standards quite a bit to old video games at this point. But yeah, no, I'd love to go back into an episode all about Chibi Robo because you're right, it does deserve its own episode. But like Mike said, we crammed a lot into other episodes to uh, mainly to get the just to get the library done. Moving on to Leo on Instagram, who says, "Had my first Oreo Cakester today, and I had to explain to my wife that I've never had them before, but I only know about them because you guys on the GameCube Pod are always talking about how amazing they are." I had to read this on the show because I just wanted to point out that Mike, we are now officially responsible for Oreo Cakester sales. We are responsible for Oreo Cakester sales once again. Oreo, if you are listening to this, uh, we would love to uh, to promote your product on this show. We'll promote it for free, uh, as you as you are already <laughs> seeing right now. But uh, if we could promote it for some money, that would be even better. And I'm I, and also please send us a commission check uh, in the mail. <laughs> You, you drive a hard bargain there, Mike. <laughs> I drive a hard bargain, but I'm glad that that I'm at least we're educating the world about Oreo Cakesters and the goodness Definitely. that they provide. Oreo mm-hmm. Cakesters times GameCube equals a big win. Uh, on Instagram as well, we had Harry saying, after listening to your pod about Tony Hawk Underground, I recently repurchased a copy for my GameCube. Looking forward to jumping back into some nostalgia. Very nice. Yes. So glad. Okay. So now responsible for Oreo Cakester sales and Tony Hawk Underground. <laughs> That's awesome. I just recently, Harry, I just recently finished Tony Hawk Underground. I've loved replaying it again after having not played it in what, three years since Mike and I talked about it for the first time. It's such a fantastic game. I hope you're enjoying it too on GameCube. And uh, let me know if you get past the, uh, if you get past that blimp level in, uh, I think it's in Vancouver because that level sucks. Yeah. The blimp level is really uh, really hard. Not even hard. It's just it's, no, it's, like it's just bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. We, we talked about it a lot on the show how bad <laughs> yeah. the vehicles were. The blimp one is the worst of the worst. But yeah. on Spotify, we have a review from Harry Piviat. 
Pivani. I wonder if this is the same Harry. Could be. Great episode. Covered one of my all-time favorite films, so it was a must-listen to as soon as I saw it on Spotify. I had no idea about Easter eggs you guys covered, so that was a fun that was fun to find out. Ten out of ten. That's, that's of course the... the Truman Show episode. Yes. Nice. Great. Favorite film of all time. That's a good that's a good choice. I can appreciate that. That was a fun episode to go back to again. Love Truman Show, love Jim Carrey. Yeah, that was a really fun episode to do just because I hadn't thought about I mean, I do think about Truman Show uh on a daily basis for sure, mm-hmm. but but <laughs> even more so, it, it was cool to actually go and 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 do a little uh little dive into it and learn about a lot of the the detail that went behind it. That was really really cool like you said the easter eggs there and and mm-hmm. all the little things that were happening, the cameras uh as well, the little um uh, with the, the chocolate bar was kind of cool where he yeah. uh is, you know, low the vending machine with the chocolate bars and then has to stop then it starts loading them again like like little things like that that you 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 see on like the second third watch through i love movies that you can do that where you can you can look at things uh while you're watching it like the super mario bros movie which uh, oh yeah <laughs> was basically all that <laughs> exactly that's what you said you're like watch the backgrounds so i was like okay and i think it's coming to streaming services too in the mario bros movie so i'm looking forward to going back again to see see what i missed but thank you everyone for writing into our little podcast for the month of may we apologize for missing that in the uh, last week's episode so i guess we'll be hitting the mailbag again in a few short weeks but mike we have a couple episodes to get through before then so why don't we kick off today's episode with uh, nhl hits keep rolling 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 what (laughs) ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 16 of the unlocking what was cool podcast the show about all things retro that we love from our childhood new episode every thursday on all the major podcast services we are the number one podcast on the internet who mentions limp biscuit at least twice an episode you can support the show on patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool supporters at the five dollar level get to submit a topic and vote on our monthly patreon elected episodes all patrons also get the show ad free and a little early last week we talked about some 41's first record all killer no filler if you haven't already go back and check it out this week we are looking back at two of our favorite arcade sports games of all time two games that we covered way back on the gamecube was cool podcast we're of course talking about nhl hits 2002 and 2003 nhl hits 2002 was released on november 18th 2001 and september 25th on ps2 developed by black box games published by midway it's on gamecube ps2 and xbox rates an 8 out of 10 priced today at around 25 dollars on gamecube and ps2 you're looking more like at around 10 to 15 dollars it's an arcade sports game based on the sport of hockey and on the cover we have scott stevens and then there's nhl 2003 released on september 16th 2002 developed and published by midway it's on gamecube ps2 and xbox and game boy advance rates an 8 out of 10 priced today at around 35 dollars on all consoles and 20 dollars on the beloved game boy advance it's once again an arcade hockey game and on the front we have chris pronger and there is a third entry into the series, which mm. is NHL Hits Pro, which was NHL Hits 2004. And uh, we did talk about that a little bit on the GameCube uh, podcast episode. Uh, if you want to go back, check that out for uh, episode 11 is the last time we talked about all these. Uh, and NHL Hits Pro is a bit different. It's honestly, it's it's basically just a normal hockey sim with a little bit of the NHL Hits, um, I guess, flair. To it, uh, it's definitely worth its own dive and own episode because it is so different from these other two games. So we wanted to leave it out and and not uh, do it injustice because it, it is actually quite a good hockey sim and very expensive. I think, Neil, uh, last time we covered this three years ago, it was going for $100 and I'm sure that has only yeah. gone up. 
Wow, that's crazy. And that was not even the best version of the games either. I think when I think of NHL hits, I mostly think of O2 and maybe O3 at your place. I own O2 and that's the one that I played for the first time. Uh, So I guess before we we have a couple of guests joining us today, but before we let them on, we should talk about our memories of NHL hits back in the day. So when do you remember first playing the series? Well, I mean, like most people, uh, I played NHL hits uh, to the sounds of Limp Biscuit, of course. That's <laughs> that's what I associate NHL hits uh, with. Honestly, it's uh, and Marty's going to come on and talk about that, of course, and 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 why that was a big influence for him and and many others. But yeah, my my first memories were playing it probably at. Uh, at like a friend's brother's house or something. It was kind of a mythical game because I had played a lot of the NHL games before and since, and I I didn't know really about this this uh, arcade sports game that existed. And I was like, oh my god, like what what is this? This is so interesting. And and for for those who who uh, for whatever reason have never heard of NHL hits, have no idea uh, about the the franchise, anything like that. Uh, it's it's an over-the-top hockey sim that really just functions as an arcade sports-type game that doesn't actually follow NHL rules. Uh, so that means no icing, no offsides, no penalties. Uh, yet there's a ref for some reason. But, uh, Is there? <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's there in, to, in the fights. <laughs> that's true. He comes in in, in in the fight scene. In 02, you never actually – you barely ever see the refs. In 03 yeah. – like in 02, they never actually drop the puck. The puck comes from space, whereas that's in 03, they, they actually have the ref drop the puck. So it gets slightly less – arcadey as it goes on but yeah you never see them on the ice it's just straight three on three hockey with your two goalies yeah straight three on three rather than five aside which is normal rules and uh uh it might be also crazy with all these rules and with it being kind of so arcadey that it is a fully licensed game both games uh with every jersey player stadium team and much more as well we'll get into later uh and um and yeah so like uh, to go back to my memories, uh, I remember when I first kind of played it and picked it up for GameCube, uh, I was just blown away. I think I rented it from Rogers Video or Blockbuster, and like the, it was just so different from what NHL uh, EA's NHL was was going for. And I was I was I was so taken aback. Like I I just wanted to play it over and over and over again. And I never actually bought it. I just rented it and played it at friends' houses because most people I knew had it for either GameCube or PS2. And it wasn't until much later that I I started uh, collecting for GameCube uh, around the same time you did, Neil. Uh, this was like one of the first games I picked up was was NHL 03, uh, Hits 03, which was the one that I had actually never played before. I'd only ever played 02. Uh, and uh, a friend of the show, Harrison, actually had O2 for GameCube. That was one of the few uh, games that he had. So when uh, him, a uh, friend of the show, Jake, Stefan, and Brian were all living together, we would play hits on the GameCube uh, with uh, Harrison's copy. And then uh, eventually I got the O3 one, which I honestly prefer. It just doesn't have Roland in it, which is too bad. But um, And then ever since then, I've just played it so much. I've played it at so many friends' houses. I've played it with all kinds of different groups. Anyone can just jump in and enjoy these games. So it's been such a fun time to just bring it to parties even. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you love it, Neil, too, and not being a huge sports um, uh, uh, sports games fan. Uh, I know you love to play it, and we love playing it mm-hmm. together. So uh, Hits is, is honestly similar to Nightfire in the sense that I never really have stopped playing it since like 2003. Nice. I love that. I have a similar way of finding it too back in the day. It was always like it was a, a game that I played at a friend's house. It was at our, our mutual friend Spencer's house who I went over to their house, him and his, his older brother Alex. 
Al- was it Alec or Alex? Yeah, I was, no, it was Alex. It was Alex. Alex. Okay, cool. For some reason, I thought it was Alex sometimes. But anyway, went over to their house because they always got games right when they came out, either from renting or buying. They had an amazing GameCube collection. Uh, played Saw Metroid Prime there for the first time mm-hmm. and a bunch of other little random Halo, a bunch of other random games from the early 2000s. And this was one of those games. And it was definitely 02 because I, I remember specifically <laughs> it was the first time I heard Limp Biscuits rolling. And we watched the intro just be- for that song and watching all the hits literally the mass it's just a compilation of massive hits in in hockey that's all that that intro is not goals not you know stanley cup wins or anything it's just players getting their lights knocked out and that is the the theme of these games it's how hard can you hit the other players how ridiculous a fight can you get into and it's it's over the top arcadey action in hockey and you're right i'm not i'm not a huge I'm a pretty big fan of sports video games. I like watching other people play them. I've never put in the time to get good at them. I know you love games like uh, The Show and FIFA. And uh, I know we have friends that, that have played Madden and the the main NHL games. I, I just, I can play them for maybe a few minutes. But the baseball games specifically, I can never get good at. I need arcade baseball games to play. Yeah. Unfortunately, those games are few and far between. Uh, even back in the day, like we had uh, NBA Street and or NFL Yeah, we had NBA Street and NFL Blitz, which were very fun games, but we never really had that baseball version of those games. We had Slugfest, but it wasn't wasn't as big. It didn't sell as well. No, it wasn't quite the same. So I, I can never... I can never find the baseball game that I wanted to play. And all of these games, like for me as a kid, even if they were arcadey, they were all the same. I didn't really know the difference that I didn't know that this one wasn't really an NHL game because NHL hits, even though it is arcadey and dumb like you're just playing three on three there's no refs there's no rules there's no icing like there's no anything basically you can fight and you get no penalty if you win the fight the other player basically doesn't get to come back in which is not the rule of hockey <laughs> um but but i thought it was it was a legitimate hockey game and it, it's it's a ton of fun and i think it is the perfect game you nailed it how it's the it really is the perfect game to play when you're in university or college and you have a group of guys or a group of girls as your roommates and you uh, you you just want to play some some fast multiplayer hockey games. You can it's ridiculous. It's quick and easy to pick up and play. You can pick your favorite teams. You can pick your favorite players on those teams and just have a good time for as as short. Like you can shorten the periods. I think to as short as what is it two minutes each if you wanted to, or make them up to ten minutes if you wanted to. Um, and then if you are a really big hockey fan and you love the history of hockey, you have that ability to go back and play and unlock all of these, uh, all, th- all of these old jerseys. You can play like, I think you can unlock almost every jersey in the NHL back a hundred years at the yeah. point of this, of this game, which is so cool. We talk about that all the time on this show that we love when, when games can dive into history, either of the games or of the content that they're building on, which in this mm-hmm. case is hockey. And you can even get insane and unlock weird weird uh rinks on pirate ships and in graveyards and you can unlock weird teams that don't actually exist like zombies and aliens that was what i remember the first time the first you definitely with we're going to talk about it with marty and uh and some other guests today but that was the first thing that i saw my friend play was you know limp biscuit started up he of course picked the toronto maple leafs because we're from toronto so that was our team that's all we basically knew i think curtis joseph is the goalie in uh 02 and he was Mm -hmm. like my favorite goalie at the time uh and and his 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 uh, away team he's like who do you think we should pick and i just remember thinking like going through the list and then seeing aliens he had already unlocked that (laughs) and i was like let's see what this looks like and he just constantly (laughs) got into fights because it looked hilarious watching ty domi beat the hell out of an alien uh thing on the screen and that's what i remember and i didn't play the game much after that really except for with him uh until i found this game relatively cheap it was i think 
one of the last games that I bought pre-pandemic or just when the pandemic kicked off. This is one of the first GameCube games that I bought. And it, mm-hmm. it's still, it maintained its price fairly cheap. I think I got it for maybe 20, 20 or $25. And it is well worth that. It's it's aged extremely well, which is why we're talking about it today and why we have a few callers joining the show today, Mike. So with that, I think that it's time that we uh, get some other uh, callers on to talk about their memories of these games. So who's the first uh, caller joining the show? Well, we do have friend of the show Marty standing by. He uh, he is on on the dial here. I see the 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 red light has lit up. But before I do actually bring him on, uh, I did tell him to 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 just hang on one sec because we do. Uh, of course, we did cover NHL hits uh, three years ago on this podcast, and I listened to the podcast. You know, I listened to to see uh, a little bit more of what we were talking about, and I wanted to. You know, the NHL hits content was maybe only 10 minutes, which is really sad. We just like ran through it because as you said earlier on, we covered 20 games, uh, which is tough. But you know what we did talk about, Neil? We talked about koala care and changing tables. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a great topic. Was that an intro topic or was that did that come up naturally? I remember that being one of the funny conversations we had. It was an intro topic. You you asked, you said, uh, you, you're like, uh, I think your line was like, so public bathrooms. Are we ever going to go into one again, first of all? And we did, so we, we made it past that. Yep. And you said, is there anything more iconic than a koala bear changing table? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can almost, oh, you, even when, no matter where you go, at least in Canada, whatever bathroom you go into, McDonald's, Tim Hortons, Burger King, Harvey's, all of these places, you never know what you're going to expect in terms of cleanliness. You know, are they automatic taps? Is Are there only urinals and the one toilet? Is there going to be a door in that one stall? It's always a coin flip. But the one thing you can always count on <laughs> <laughs> is there's going to be even post COVID three years later you can always 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 expect a koala changing table for those parents to change diapers on. I absolutely love it, and you want to know how much they cost, and you also want to to oh. kind of find out where you can get one. I did find out some info about. Well, I know where I can get one. It's just it's not exactly legal to take it. That's the only thing. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Well, uh, so changing tables must be in any public uh, a build, like building in the United States with the Babies Act, uh, apparently. Mm. That is a, a thing. Uh, also, there is no Wikipedia page for Koala Care Changing Tables, so we can write that, Neil. We can we can make it. Interesting. I like to think that that Babies Act was written by babies. Like, there's like a... There's like a, a committee of uh, infants, but you have to be under the age of two, and they're like they have, they have a they have, they they elect a president, they have uh, they have like a counselor and a treasurer, and they have regular elections, and uh, and they go to uh, they go to city hall, and they have to fight for their rights for changing tables. I also learned uh, earlier this year with uh, John Mulaney's special that came out that uh, he used those tables for cocaine. So that's another uh, use for those those tables apparently is cocaine addicts. <laughs> another use for koala berry uh, uh, tables, cocaine mm-hmm. koala cocaine care that's uh that's nice it's probably Good the real use for them yeah <laughs> uh, and they retail for about 600 canadian or are 900 for the new stainless steel versions that i've never Ooh. seen yet but uh so if you want to pick one up uh koala care products they are the world's most recognized brand of baby changing stations and commercial child care products they are a privately held company headquartered in centennial colorado a division of bob crick washroom equipment so uh if you want to go work for koala bear care uh they also changed their <laughs> logo a bunch of times neil if you scroll down in our document you can uh, you can see uh the, the the history of the koala care logos and i'm sad of the new one i don't like the new one at all i like the old ones better am i reading from left to right in terms of this is this is great podcasting but am i am i reading from uh, left <laughs> to right here in terms of oldest to newest you are you are 
Yeah, okay, they get, the, the koalas are getting more and more, or less, I would say, less and less realistic looking, to the point now where it just looks like two gray smudges with eyes. Uh, I'm a fan of the second from the left, I think. Yeah, that's the one where it's just, just the baby. Yeah, uh, and he's got his arms up, and he's he's uh, ready for for uh, for some changing. That's a classic yeah. one. I think though that's the one that I see that one a lot. I do see the uh, the colored version of it as well, but uh, that's koala bear care. That's uh, I wanted to bring that up. I thought it was really important uh, for this NHL hits uh, topic today. <laughs> as is tradition, when we talk about NHL, we must <laughs> must talk about the koala changing stations. <laughs> That's hilarious. I still have not used one before. I mean, pers- not personally and not for <laughs> anyone else. Still never changed a diaper in my uh, 29 years of life. And uh, I'm holding strong, Mike. Holding strong. I'll have to ask your mom if she ever used it because maybe you did use it inadvertently. But uh, Maybe. I'll get back to you. Yeah, well, that'll be our question to our, our next caller here, which is uh, Marty, a uh, friend of the show. Marty, he is on. He was he was last on for the GameCube was cool. So this will be his first appearance on the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. And of course, he was on the NHL Hits episode when we did cover all those different arcade sports games. And he did get to talk about NHL Hits, but only for about five minutes. So we want Marty <laughs> to be able to talk for a little longer than that. So our first question to you, Marty, is have you ever been on a Koala Care Bear changing table uh no i don't have kids <laughs> and i'm not i'm not sick mm-hmm. so <laughs> you never needed it to quickly like make a sandwich in a snap or anything oh interesting <laughs> nah, well yeah. i mean uh probably not i mean i'd most likely at this point if i'm going to costco or something we decide to eat first then i have to go to the washroom mm. that i feel like that would be the only because there's like no real spot to like set your drink down because oh, yeah. obviously you're getting the so I feel like that might be something, but I don't even touch that stuff. There's no way. There's who do who does that? Do you do that? <laughs> That's got to be an idea though for like a YouTube channel where like someone's just doing outrageous stuff with those koala changing tables. Like like you walk in and they don't break eye contact. Like they don't make it look like it's weird. Like you just walk in and there's two guys playing Risk on that oh, table. Wow. Like not <laughs> like you think that like they're poker night in that bathroom going on. Something going on there. Or like, like they're making, making a cocktail. Like what can I get for you, sir? Like like they're in a bar. Like they think they're in a bar. Like this person's just insane. I think that could be a great. Don't do this out there if you're thinking about it. Please don't take that idea. You very can. sanitary sadly very yeah. sanitary <laughs> maybe <laughs> well uh this this episode unfortunately is not just about qualicare changing tables although i wish it was that'll be on our next podcast but uh uh this <laughs> will be about some hits and marty what are your first memories of playing nhl hits 02 and 03 oh this is a good one because yeah you're right mike i did get absolutely shafted the first time we talked about this game i barely got <laughs> to talk about it that was an all-star episode. I think we had it we have Brian Harrison, yep, Spencer as well. Everybody was yep. there. Spenny, yep. So yeah, this is this is my chance to go along, and longtime listeners of the pod will surely be a fan of my voice and how I talk. So that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my first memories would be playing this game um, at my trailer growing up. So I shared it with a couple cousins, and they had a GameCube, and they had this game, which was like, yeah. I mean, between this and Smash, we would play. Like it would just, we'd switch on and off like all summer. Um, it's funny. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like I've got this weird sort of internal memory whenever it rains, like I'm actually kind of like low key stoked and I, <laughs> I couldn't really explain why, but now I know it's because when it rained, when we were at the trailer, we could game. But if it was out, yeah. if it was sunny, then like, you know, yeah, our parents would be like, get out there. Like, don't, don't be in here. Like trying to like, yeah, trying to win the Stanley cup with the Minnesota wild or anything <laughs> like that. Anything crazy. <laughs> So yeah, that was my that was my first memory, and yeah, it was like truly. I'm sure that 
people who played this game listening to this can understand. It was just a game that like just fully stuck. Like there was just something about it that was like so like ubiquitous and like immediately understandable and so memorable that like, yeah, I mean, obviously it's like one of my favorite games of all time just because of that. But it was, yeah, that was definitely the first time I ever remember playing it. And then just on and off, even to this day, I know Mike, we played it. Uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. And then like, we just, it just keeps coming back. Like I definitely played it through university, which was hilarious university college. So yeah, it's just a sick, it's just a sick game and lots of good memories. Lots of good memories of just destroying people and also being caught on fire, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Caught on fire, giving concussions, receiving concussions. Yes, exactly. Uh, Scott Stevenson <laughs> people. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all good. I love that. I love the uh, analogy to the rain because I'm the same way. I I had the same kind of experience of going to a cottage uh, you know, for a couple weeks every year. And, and that was the thing. Yeah, parents wouldn't let you... Uh, play games inside if it was sunny out. Uh, you had to play uh, when it was yeah raining or something. So we would either play things like melee or hits, uh, and also we would play or watch Lord of the Rings slowly. Uh, the extended editions <laughs> <laughs> was As the rainy should. day activity because <laughs> that'll take you like a couple of like twenty four hour periods right there. But um, and actually, yeah. I, I I've got one more before before we move on, Mike. I. I can't remember if this was told in the original podcast. I'm not sure. But my other earliest memory was when we were in elementary school, I went to like, because I was a hick and because I'm a piece of shit hick. We, we grew up in a town that had only one school. So it was it was kindergarten to grade 12. So sometimes you would just interact. Oh, with my the God. Second, yeah. So sometimes you would just interact with the secondary kids just by like accident. So the one yeah. time we were like hanging out in like the woodshop area and there were there was like lunch break for them, which was different for us. And I remember just like not even really, not even really like being there, just sort of walking through and then hearing Roland by Limp Biscuit, which is obviously the intro song for NHL 02, just like, or uh, Hits 02, like hearing it just like on a really crappy like Roland TV at school and just like immediately being like, okay, that song rocks. Like I just knew in my head, I was like, what is that? That song is amazing. I'm sure I told this on the podcast before, but it was one of those like things you just pass by in time and you're like, whoa, that was like the greatest song I've ever heard. And it still is to me the greatest song ever written. I just picture really seventeen is. year old. I just picture seventeen year old Marty kicking the door down of a first graders class, like because they're playing NHL hits O two, and you got to come in. You're like smoking cigarettes, like with with girls, like you know, you got like your wife beater shirt on, and you just sit right down on that carpet with that that innocent grade one teacher, and uh, you got to play some uh, some hits with Scott Stevens and Limp Biscuit. Yeah, it's like yo, Van- Vancouver's actually good in this game. Naslin's like really good, actually. That's why I'm picking them. That's why yeah, I'm you you. You did. You did kind of. You didn't actually uh, say the, the full story. So I appreciate you you giving better context and everything too. Because you did say that you had heard the first time uh, the song for the first time ever in school. Yes. Uh, and then uh, uh, you also talked about <laughs> the song facts for Roland, saying that uh, the September 11th one that or the, like the day before the September 11th attacks. Um, they got like, there's a, they got a thing basically saying like, thank you for promoting the world trade center. Yeah. Cause they, they shot bell. it at the start. Yeah. They, they shot the music video at the world trade center, I believe. Like, yes. so like they're yeah. on top, they're just going off. So yeah, again, one of the great, one of the greatest songs ever written and replaying that game today, I gotta say they milk the use of that song. And I'm pretty sure it would already oh, yeah. been out for like maybe a year or something, but like yeah. literally anytime you pause, 
Um, anytime, like in between intermissions, it's just the automatic <laughs> song you hear. It's the song when you boot up the game. It's the song after the loading screen when you go into the main menu. It's just like immediately hits you every time, which I mean, for most people would, would be annoying. I think everyone except for me. Um, what's crazy, what's crazy is that there are other songs in, in NHL 02. And I didn't really know that until we covered the game three yeah. years ago. And even today, like I was, I was going through it. I was like, wait, there's a, there's a soundtrack for this game. I thought it was just Limp Biscuits rolling and like a bass track that plays. <laughs> do you when need another like, song? Apparently, you need another song. <laughs> apparently you need corn stained fuel, good Charlotte and a few others to, to keep the, oh. to keep the train rolling or something. Uh, NHL oh, 03. Nice. Ah, there you go. <laughs> NHL 03 kind of dropped the ball without putting rolling in it. They put Power Man 5000, but they they made they made up for it by adding the Zambonis into 03, which was good. But I love how everybody seems to have learned of Limp Bizkit. Everybody our age seems to have discovered Limp Bizkit through this game. It's it's awesome. How it kind of it it's actually so is it, it's stupid, but it makes sense because like mm-hmm. yeah, obviously yeah. the new metal thing is like way older and like with like the dumb Gen Z people, but like. For us, like for some reason, that was the entryway. Just being delayed by a couple years and something that obviously a game that we would end up playing for years and years after because, hint, hint, it's like not just like a regular sports game. So you can actually play it the year after it came out. Um, it just like what? worked that way. It's just crazy. Well, I mean, like, like you said, like how like Roland, well, both of you said Roland was everywhere in this game. Like it felt like there was only one song. And like that's a huge part of these games growing up like a lot of them didn't have that many songs on their soundtracks like i think most of us will will if you've played other nhl games you associate nhl 03 with um that queens of the stone age song uh, no one knows no like one that knows, song no. is always played on there sweetness was always played on nhl 02 like those um those were so associated with those uh those games because they were the intro song and they were just milked all the time they had like seven songs on the soundtrack now you're mm-hmm. looking at like 40 and and a lot of them mm-hmm. are pretty generic and and not great selection but at the time and marty you talked about this in both the tony hawk and or like uh, extreme sports and uh the nhl episodes and even the fifa episodes of how the selection for these soundtracks was such a huge part of people's childhoods because you couldn't really experience this kind of music easily like your parents weren't buying you a limp biscuit cd like that's just not <laughs> what was happening like yeah this mom is the only can you buy this you're... one can you buy this one it's called <laughs> chocolate stop it i was like what is that so, i can't what hear you yeah you're like oh sorry <laughs> my bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 all yeah, it's a good point. And then the like the reduced number of songs were like I mean I think that was an issue for me specifically on the PC. There was an NHL game, I think, yeah, it had sweetness. Maybe it was O two. Yeah, sweetness was O two. Mm-hmm. Or no, I think Gob was O two. Maybe it was O three. Anyways, there's I had Can a game that calling? only had like three songs because on the PC version it had like a reduced number. For some reason yeah. they released it that way to like so it fit on the disc. So yeah, I know there there are very and you have you end up just forming very strange like your brain just forms very strange chemical patterns to like, uh, like a collective soul song. Like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of it right now. I'll send it to you guys later. It's not that good, but for some reason over here, I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I think the only collective soul song I know is shine. Yeah, no, I wish no I, no I would know shine. I would know shine. I, I even saw like a reel recently of uh, this, this, um, girl. I think she works for Sportsnet. I think she's a Sportsnet broadcaster. And she was like, I guess she plays drums in her spare time, and uh, and and she's like NHL hits like as like the the caption, and it was it was just her drumming along to Roland. And I was like, wow, like, <laughs> and then like, that's it. It's just one to one. That's sick. Yeah, 
<laughs> it's like if you know sports at all, if you have had any experience of this game as a as a kid, like this is what you associated with. So I love that. So you can't not talk about uh, Roland when you talk about NHL hits O two. Uh, but of course, there is actually a game after you get through that amazing <laughs> intro. <laughs> For some, I mean, are... I never played it personally. <laughs> I never got that far. I just wanted to watch watch the the highlights of people getting getting wrecked. But um, uh, Marty, was, was there were there any kind of unlockables and things that you like to try and have that silly things, uh, different teams, different stadiums when you were playing hits? Yeah, we, me and my cousins. I remember we, it would only be big head mode. That I think that was maybe yeah. the only code that we knew. So it was like you, before a game, you would have to create like a a three digit sort of combination in order to unlock stuff. So we would only we would only exclusively do big heads. This is, of course, before the internet when you can actually see you can do different stuff. Like, you can like you can play with a ball, if I'm not mistaken, which is pretty sick. Yep. Um, we would also do the, like, uh, the unlockable or, like, the sort of create a team thing, which was actually pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. I distinctly remember us always playing on, like, the military base because there'd be, like, a helicopter in the background. I think that might have been 03. And then, um, yeah, the um, maybe, maybe pre-Groot for all you uh, nerds out there. I don't even know what movie that's from. <laughs> Uh, you could be the like you could be like the lo- like you have like a log head, um, yeah. like a big log head. So we would always do those as well, which was which is very cool. Just the the amount of customization in that game is actually kind of it look it sucks going back because even playing it like this week, just kind of notice that yeah, like some of that stuff isn't like readily available. Or again, you have to like look up the code and stuff. It'd be fun to like you can only play it for one game. Like I'd like to be able yeah. to go in the settings and 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 mess with that more. But yeah, I just remember doing that specifically. Big head mode is a classic, of course. And what Marty's talking about there is, yeah, the cheats before the game that you would, uh, there'd be three pucks on the loading screen and you'd have to enter the, uh, the, the letters and icons in as quick as you can. And all you have to do with it is just press buttons and you, you kind of make them, uh, make them change. And, uh, there's only a couple that I ever knew NHL. If you are able to put NHL in on those three pucks in time, that's always big hits. Uh, there's the big puck mode that's uh, seeing a little box, N and box. Uh, and the one that I played with the most was HNH, which is first to seven wins. Uh, so that's what oh, that's I, I like because because it, it, it just was more fun when it's, it's first to seven instead of playing through the periods. Uh, sometimes those games could go on a long time, but um, I, I'm bad at them now. I was playing the other day and I couldn't get them in time at, at all. Like, man, it's it's tough. It is very difficult to time that correctly. Yeah, you're right. And yes, the scores in these games could, yeah, I mean, if you're playing it right, you're scoring 11 goals, three of which are like, are just at the end with a guy who's on fire. So that's how these games are. That's the coolest part of the game is when you score a hat trick, your, uh, your player goes on fire and they have special animations too, for when your player finally does go on fire and they stay on fire for the entire game, which is very weird, but it gives you more powerful shots basically. And you can skate faster. You kind of become like super Saiyan, uh, Ty Domi. If, if you yeah. happen to score three goals as him. Ty Domi now, is it, an awful hockey player. Chris, <laughs> Chris Neal was much better. Yeah, I know. There, there's something needs to be said about video games that didn't have the rubber band effect. Like, if you scored goals, guess what? It just got, like, so much better for you and so much worse for your, like, loser, yeah. like, <laughs> little kid that you're playing with. Yeah, when I'm when I'm in there with the grade ones, I'm, like, already dusting them, like, 7 nothing, and I got two guys on fire. Like, it's a joke. It's a joke. And that's the 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 fire thing. So it, they're actually NHL uh, hits O three and O two are different for how you go Super Saiyan. Uh, in O two, uh, one player uh, needs to score three one timer goals 
to go on fire. They don't have to be in a mm. row. They just have to be three at some point. It has to be that specific player. It's got to be Owen Nolan. If you have him on the Sharks, you got to score three times with Owen Nolan. Uh, so you get to skate faster. You get to shoot harder. You get to check uh, more brutally, as they say. And um, for the whole team to go on fire, that happens when you score three uh, one-timer unanswered goals uh, with the same player. Mm. So that's a very tough one to do. Uh, NHL hits 03 was a little easier. They just made it so basically like every time you score, you start smoking a bit uh, and and anyone could score as well. So, uh, so there'd be some times where you're, you're, you'd have two people taking the face off and they're both kind of like about to go on fire. I, on the GameCube, I believe you press the Z uh, to uh, to make everybody go on fire and go Super Saiyan. Uh, but I, I did find that the hits 03 version was a little more watered down in terms of how good you were compared to the hits yeah. 02 one which does make sense because it was harder to do mm-hmm. yeah they added a few different rules to the 03 version that even though it is kind of it's still wacky and over the top arcadey it feels less arcadey than 02 for whatever reason they even added a mercy rule to the game which like marty said the the score in these games can get unbelievably out of control but with the mercy rule you do have the option of ending the game if there's like a five goal difference which kind of i mean it's an option i guess but you can come back from five come on now if the leafs can do it anybody can do it but uh i mean i i came back from five like today like i was playing like the championship mode and yeah like i i I closed the gap i lost but i think i lost seven to six Uh, yeah i know so it it is possible never give up kids never give up (laughs) did you do a post press like post game press conference afterwards uh talking about it yeah, exactly. Well, I like. Yeah, I thought we were gonna. I thought we were gonna have a chance when I took down Gaborik, because that's the other. Or sorry, Gaborik, as they name him in the game. <laughs> Gaborik. Gaborik. Yeah. So like the 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 other beauty part of this game is the is the fights. So if you win the fight, the other player is out of the game. So yeah, I like immediately had Alfredson versus Gaborik, and I'm like, okay, sweet, and then won that fight. So then yeah, it obviously looked good, and then went like five unanswered goals. And then lost Albertson <laughs> later in a fight. So yeah, the the fighting thing is is funny because it ends up kind of actually being like very strategic, and you're actually like way more invested in it. Which you know, yeah. obviously, it makes sense. But when you I don't know when you play like when you play like regular NHL games, it doesn't really matter. You're just you're just sort of button mashing or trying to do the funniest thing, right? Mm-hmm. The fighting is like actually really good in this game. Like yeah. it's it's a great mechanic. It, it works really well, and I do like that. It it kind of goes to that. Um, uh, that almost like uh, old school fighting style uh, view where it's like 2D, you're just uh, seeing two guys, like one on the left, one on the right, uh, and it's like fight, you know, it's kind of feels like Mortal Kombat style. I, I love that. I think like all mm. kind of hockey fighting games or hockey games should have that fighting in them rather than like new NHL where just a weird overhead camera of people like trying to grab each other. Yeah. And, uh, and fun fact too, with the cheats before the game, this one I learned about uh, this week. If you do N M N, uh, so N and then the midway logo N, uh, you every time you win a fight, you get a goal. Ooh. That's so sick. That's awesome. <laughs> the fighting mechanic in the NHL hits games is really cool, though. The, the only thing that the only problem that I have with it is that you're you're kind of uh, frozen. No pun intended. You're frozen to the ground. Your player can't really move. Like it would be really funny if it was more like a Street Fighter kind of fight where you could kind of go left to right. Maybe not jump over your uh, your opponent, but <laughs> okay, that'd be sweet. <laughs> that'd be awesome. But it would, maybe the ability to toggle that would be funny. Give us one flying kick that brings out yeah. like, just a little bit of blood. Just a little bit of blood. <laughs> 
and a KO, like a finishing move. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then like the, you like rip their spine out or something, make it real Mortal Kombat like. But yeah, you just have your heavy attack or your heavy punch, your uh, light punch. You can grab and block. It would be awesome if they added a little bit more to that. But it does. It, this game is borderline like a fight sim, as much as it is a really good hockey sim. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When it does switch over to the fight, you kind of have to change your how you're going at it. You have to get a little bit more defensive at times. You like it. It does matter. Like you could lose your players out of the game if you lose the fight. Kind of like they've been shamed, like because they still have to skate off the ice be funny if like if you knock them out hard enough like they maybe get carried out on a stretcher like i think that you could make it very over the top violent that part but unfortunately they didn't quite go far enough i don't as much as as much as i love the fighting and it was really entertaining back in the day to watch the canadians beat the hell out of aliens or pirates or those woodmen whatever they're called it's oh, it's yeah. really funny the the irony of that though neil is that like the the the, the actual mechanics of the fighting in this game like at this time is not only better than what NHL was like at that time. And then also what the NHL, what NHL did, like we're talking about the EA sports franchise and what they yep. did after that, like sort of the Xbox 360 uh, PS3 era. But then also now I would argue that the fighting is actually better because like you do have like a certain, like a strange variety of fights, like playing it again. And I was like, there must be a meta to this. But like there's like there's such a variety of different things you can actually do. Whereas if you recall, the EA Sports uh, version of NHL at this time only had four buttons. It was high punch, low punch, high block, low block. So it was just a combination of those four, which was fun because they did it in a good job. Like they did it well. But like I would actually argue that the fighting in that case, because you could grab, you could dodge, like you could dodge like either way. Like kind of if you if you dodge towards them, you sort of like went behind. Like I think it was to block a different type of punch. So yeah, I don't know. As much as it could, like obviously that would be room for improvement if they did if they kept doing this and tried to get more violent and yeah, tried to get the more <laughs> like that would uh, that would obviously be the next step. I would actually yeah. argue that it's 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 a it's a better fighting situation as a whole. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Like without a doubt, like, like new NHL, I mean, it's a, it's a better game, NHL game than new NHL half the time. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started on that, Mike. Holy, oh, it's, <laughs> uh, like, it's crazy playing this game now. And you're like, this is like, just, it, there's no bugs in it. So right. that's it. There's no bugs. Like, I don't know if anyone here, like, I don't, I hope no one listening to this has ever tried to play an NHL game since like NHL, like, let's say 12, because you are absolutely wasting your time. It's, like it just sucks man it just sucks it's yeah. just it's just depressing but then you got this and you see people getting just destroyed and yeah like like you mentioned mike just hundreds of concussions every game now that's <laughs> something i can get behind and graphically too like the game is aged i'd say pretty well like it still looks fine like you can still tell what's going on like that's the my one issue with a lot of older I'm going to say actual sports games is that graphically they don't always age particularly well, especially when they try and make characters look like the characters that are the players that they're supposed to be. This one, they don't exactly, they try to go for it, but not quite. They're more into just making the player animations look smooth. It doesn't dip in frame rate. I don't think at all. Uh, the arenas all look pretty good. Um, the fans are all doing the exact same thing at the exact same time, which is normal in this era. Um, they bang on the glass and stuff when you're coming on and off the ice, which is funny. Which is they, cool. they throw their hats on the ice when you score or when you get your hat tricks, which is cool. Um, but yeah, like I, I did not have an issue at all with this game's graphics. Like I, I actually quite like them and the controls for this game are very easy to understand. So going back to a, 
like when we we've talked about a lot of games that are 20 plus years old and and usually the issue that Mike and I have with them is the camera or the just the responsiveness of the controls or the stickiness of the analog stick but with this game like the passing the shooting deking and uh, of course hitting it all works so well it's super fast super responsive and never like no bugs I, at least I never I'm not good enough to probably even find any bugs in these games but I played it for a little bit this week and never ran into any issues at all it was probably a me problem if anything went wrong, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing. It's just like a clean game. Like it works well. Like they both work well. They're, they're uh, even with all the stuff in it. Like, and there's a ton of game modes. There's uh, so many things. There's a bunch of mini games. Marty, did you ever play any of the, the mini games like, uh, like targets or one timer or power shot? I remember playing them a little bit. Yeah. There was like pretty good replayability, right? Cause they had records and, and stuff. Yeah. I remember playing yeah. them a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As you mentioned, yeah. Like just the, the amount of features, even in the first go around is, is pretty substantial. Yeah, the minigames in 03 were really good too. They had they had a bunch, which just, it extended the, I mean, sports games, they always had the issue of trying not to make people trade them in the next year. Because like, I think Mike, you said there, like people playing sports games a year after they're out doesn't happen anymore. But with these games, it did because they had all of these different customizable things that you could do with them. And then the minigames, like uh, three, in, three in a row, which is kind of like tic-tac-toe. Own the Ice, which is like a zone capturing game uh, where you have to take possession of the puck in, I think it's six specific zones on the ice. Uh, King of the Rink, which uh, it's just how many hits can you get in the allotted time that you have. Keep Away, which is just keeping possession of the puck longer than your opponent. Shootout, which is literally just like a shootout at the end of a tiebreaker in a game. And then Shooting Gallery, which is awesome. You're playing hockey on top of a roof, like in a city, and your goal is just to shoot the puck at windows and break more windows than your opponent. I, I love it. It's It's so cool. I remember actually playing that one with you, Marty, like breaking the windows on the... Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do remember. You're, so you're like up on a big platform or yeah. something. It just gets really like goofy all of a sudden. It's actually kind of hard. Like there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of like uh, things that are quite difficult in this game. Like playing um, playing against like pro basically uh, against the AI when you're, when you're playing computer. Fighting is really hard against them. I don't know if you experienced this, Marty, but I, I, I lost a lot of fights when I was playing against like the highest difficulty. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's so hard. I mean, the game itself is hard against the yeah the highest difficulty. Like, I just tried to do a championship run the other day, thinking I could just win the cup, and then it just like didn't happen. Like, I just kept losing to the Minnesota Wild over and over again. Like, it was like <laughs> truly very hard. But I mean, it also shows that the game does have like fundamentally a an actual. You know, you can, I'm trying, I don't know what the word is. Like, like it's not a replayability. Like you can actually strategize while you're playing it. Like you can figure out things in the game because yeah. when you obviously your first read of it is like, oh, this is just a, like a game that's just mayhem. And like, you can't really control what's going on. There can actually be like strategies developed into it, which is why I really want to have like an NHL 94 as like a game that's this has a lot of replayability and, and an actual competitive scene. I want to see the NHL hits competitive scene. Let's do this. Let's make this happen. Because I think it could actually be possible to play this game well. I mean, it kind of does exist. There is a community for NHL hits. And one thing that I've noticed in the last like five years or so, and I'll, I'll talk about this later on as well in the podcast, but that there's been a huge nostalgia wave for NHL hits, the franchise. And so many people have been playing this game. I see a bunch of streamers playing it. Uh, John Boy Marty was uh, was playing it over the pandemic with uh, with a bunch Goat. of people, and he's not even really a hockey guy. Like uh, it just a whole bunch of people who who have never like really heard of this game a lot, but like know of it, have gotten into it and uh, really enjoyed it because 
it's one of those games that like once you pick it up you're hooked it it's it's so engaging uh that the speed of it the physicality of it the honestly yeah even the graphics and the fighting and just like obviously the nostalgia if you know anything about the nhl in 2003 which most of us do if we grew up around there just by necessity like you just know some of these players uh it's it's quite nostalgic in that sense and like there's there's all these factors that make it such a fun game to play especially when like you think of other games that were released in like 2001 2002 that that really uh, that were f annualized franchises. Like, can you think of anything that's an annualized franchise that would that would have that kind of staying power? Like, I can't. Yeah, no, there'd be nothing. There'd be absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like, maybe, I mean, unless outside of the, like, you know, I'm sure, well, I'm, I'm sure of, of the annual franchises, like, I'm trying to think of, like, you know, again, how NHL 94 or, like, NHL 04 are, like, are, like, regarded within a small scene as being a good game, but you do need to be, like, attuned to what makes a good hockey game to begin with. Yes. I mean, this is uh, this is when I come on the show. I usually tend to just like railroad and like destroy whatever Neil and Mike have planned by just asking questions back to them. Do you think we'll ever get a re-release to this game, or like any kind of like like? Do you think that that is even possible, or something, right, or like something in a modern context? We we've tried, or like, well, I mean, EA has tried in the sense that they've made a lot of those three on three modes in NHL. Uh, and, and they've, they've added big head mode for a lot of stuff too. And there was the one for a while there that they were doing, uh, the outdoor like rinks where it was three on three. It was like the pond hockey. I don't know if you, you recall that Marty, but yeah, I played it a uh, bit, yeah. that, that was, that was like maybe their closest thing to, to hits in that sense. It's interesting because we've talked about this on that same episode where we talked about FIFA street, uh, and how FIFA did kind of bring that back with FIFA Volta, uh, and and that style of three on three, but the, the the issue I think is that NHL doesn't promote the three on three game. Like three on three hockey is a thing. It's a, it's actually like a, a a separate sport in itself. Uh, playing three on three, it's usually with like rollerblades and usually um, uh, in the summer. But three on three is kind of its own thing, and so it's too bad that they haven't promoted that more and created it because then maybe we would see a hit style game. But I don't know. What do you think, Neil? Yeah, the, the main issue I have, I mean, I'd love it. I would love an NHL hits tw 2024, I guess, at this point to come out. But it, for me, I don't know how sports licensing goes. Like, to, I don't think they could remake these old games with the players' likenesses and all of the different licenses that they bought for advertising back in the day, including the music. They'd probably have to, they'd have to throw Limp Biscuit some more dollar, $3 bills, as they would love, I'm sure. Let's uh, to, go. To bring them back. Let's go. <laughs> they'd have no problem getting, I mean, Limp Biscuit's putting out new music. They could probably get them back in but uh midway games who made the nhl hits games they went defunct back when we were in high school in 20 oh, yeah. 2009 or something so they they were bought all of their assets were bought by wb games and if anybody knows warner bros games they do not make sports games they they do their batman series and they do a bunch of other random things and the 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 studio that made NHL hits, like they're no longer around anymore, like, or at least Midway's no longer around. They're now known as NetherRealm Studios. And funnily enough, they're more in charge of Mortal Kombat, which I think is funny as hell, considering that how much we've talked about the fighting in today's episode. Um, but I, I don't even know like what studio could do an NHL hits game like this. Um, 
it's hard to say. I would love it. I would love it to come back, but it seems like EA, they're not going to do a game like this. They don't want a game to have this type of staying power either. EA is obsessed with making an annualized franchise that's irrelevant in a year, and it'll be it'll probably be buggy and a mess, so I wouldn't want EA to make this type of a game anyway, so I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think that a game like... Uh, I don't think that NHL Hits 02 or 03 will ever be remastered or remade, but... We can maybe hold out hope for a, a competitor to enter into the NHL space and make a game like this, but until then, I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it would it would be nice to to see something happen with it and with the IP, but it's uh, looking a little grim, especially when uh, the NFL Blitz did get uh, kept getting made after Midway, and then the NFL realized that it was getting made, and they're like, "Yeah, we need to shut this down because now you have people." <laughs> Okay, what was it? The plot was like coming out of jail to play in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a little, yeah, that aged well. Yeah, yeah, that aged well. And there, I mean, there's maybe something to be said about like, I know there was a game that re- was released, like, I think last month that was maybe just on Steam that I think it was called Tape to Tape. That was kind of like, it was just kind of like a hockey game with like a little bit of like humor attached to it. It's, I think it's actually doing pretty well on Steam. Like, I saw it like in like, sort of high in the on the sports chart so i mean i i wonder if there maybe is like at least there's an avenue there for hockey just being kind of silly and dumb and like having a good time with it but yeah super i mean blood it, hockey super blood hockey is a good other great example yeah that game is awesome yeah that was more reminiscent of like the nes kind of uh blades of steel style games that i love mm. super blood hockey i think i bought it around the time that we uh we talked about uh it might have been the main nhl's like the main nhl games not uh nhl hits back in the day um but yeah that's a great game it's it's crazy because like people love the arcadey sports games like I, we talked a lot about hits and blitz and street but also the mario sports games are, are very similar to these these types of games as well they're very fun people love them mario golf tennis strikers all that stuff it seems like no one wants to make them though because outside of the mario arcadey sports games they don't typically sell very well i was trying to find sales data for the uh the hit series and the best i could find was on um uh the vg charts uh site and the best one i could find was o2 nhl hits o2 which sold a little more than half a million copies and then uh hits o3 sold less than a hundred thousand units so the games were selling less and less and this franchise is only three games strong we're not even talking about nhl hits pro today um, so it came and went real fast. And I think a lot of publishers and developers are just scared to do this type of thing again, because the, the main co- sports games that sell are the, uh, the sim games, the, the regular FIFA, Madden, NHL, and the show. And that's pretty much what we're going to see, unfortunately. But the indie space, as I've said many times on this podcast before, is carrying the best video game genres for us. And I'm happy to support them. So I'm going to check out that tape to tape after we're done recording. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's it's got a it's got a really cool artistic style. I think you'll like it. And and Marty, if uh if you had to pick three dream teams to have in NHL hits, uh and and I'm saying, you know, that can be NHL teams, that can also be like any of the random teams like the clowns or the gladiators. Uh which uh, which are the three that you're you're sticking with uh, that you want to go with? Okay, probably the Avs, Colorado Avalanche because yeah. They're Mike's favorite team, and they were really good back then. You probably it was probably Sackick, Forsberg, Forsberg, Foot, and then Patrick Waugh, Memorial Cup winner, and net. <laughs> okay, so then I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go off. So the uh, the other one would be a creative team called the Scott Stevens, where it's Scott Stevens, Scott Stevens, <laughs> Scott Stevens, then Scott Stevens and net. 
They all have unlimited. <laughs> they all have unlimited checking. And then imagine that announcer. Imagine that announcer going. Scott Stevens passes over to Scott Stevens. Scott, Scott Stevens. Stevens off the post. Scott Stevens. <laughs> yeah. So that would be the second best team I think I'd have to pick. Ooh, and then um, I'd have to go with the Atlanta Thrashers. I know we played them uh, last time we played this uh, this mm. game, Mike, and they are awful. They should never come back. Uh, all this talk about the Phoenix Coyotes moving to Atlanta. Uh, they that needs to stop. Um, just an awful team, awful logo, awful name. Uh, and, and we have like Ray Ferraro, like just like an expansion draft guy, just leading the line. Uh, and then the creative team. Yeah. Probably the clowns. I, I, I always had a soft spot for the clowns. It was great. Let's go with that. I love playing the clowns. Mike, I have an answer for you here for, yeah. uh, what I'd like to see now, obviously since the NHL hit series has come to an unfortunate early demise we've had a lot of new teams join the league you got to add vegas knights in there and the seattle karens um but the (laughs) the the three uh, the three teams that i would like added the three funny teams is uh i want the u.s presidents in there but i don't want i want ai to to create them so i want like (laughs) donald trump joe biden barack obama george bush like probably presidents from the last i'm gonna say 30 years in the game i think that would be funny um, but I want it all to be developed specifically by AI because I think that the AI, like, have you guys seen those YouTube videos of like the presidents playing like league of legends together? Yeah. They're yeah. Freaking, oh, like, oh, that. like speaking. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Yes. I've seen that, but I've also seen there, this does exist in practice. There was a guy who did like an NBA 2k where it was just presidents and they played like a whole season and it's yeah. a very funny video. It's like and it's want, like lifelike, like lifelike Barack perfect. Obama as their point guard. It's great. Exactly. And I want them chirping while they're fighting. Like I want all of that exactly. Yeah. Uh, the next I want is the Muppets. If we can get a, a license in there, I want to see some <laughs> hockey players beating the hell out of uh, Kermit the Frog because I think it's just funny to put the Muppets oh, in things. Animal would be a great goalie. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, finally, the mascots because I want all of the NHL teams' mascots on one team. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, that's that's long overdue. We need Carlton just being able to pick a fight with uh, with uh, a Sp- Sparta cat. Yeah, it took Sparta you a cat. long time to remember the mascot of the Ottawa <laughs> Senators because you don't think the Senators are relevant. So next question, Nick. We're moving on. Next question. I can't wait for Snoop Dogg to own them. I I, I I'm, I'm gonna be excited to look back at this episode three years later when we do NHL hits again, and uh, and and we can we can see what's happened. We can see that that the Atlanta Thrashers have come back to the NHL. We can see that Snoop Dogg has a uh, a team in Ottawa, and uh, they're gonna move also move Ottawa to Atlanta. So there'll be two Atlanta teams. Uh, it'll be it'll be a great time. There should be at least two. Yeah, you're right. I've changed. <laughs> at <mind>. least two. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. That's stupid. There should be more. Well, Marty, is there anything else about NHL hits you'd like to uh, to talk about before we let you go? I feel like I've got some. Uh, oh yeah, I've, I've I've only got one other note uh, from this game. What would you rather have is the only song in the video game? And hint, you pick one of these bands, you're going to get canceled, okay? Would you rather have The Quiet Things That No One Ever Knows by Brand New or Rollin' by Limp Bizkit? If you, could, if you could only ever listen to one video, let's say you can only listen to one song while gaming forever, which one would you pick? It's got to be rolling. Obviously. Still rolling. Still yeah. rolling. Okay, great. No one's canceled. Yes, because that song was in NHL 04, and it's like it is also kind of a... I won't say it's a good song, but it is one of those songs that has the power chords and it sounds good. Oh, we're going to get a copyright strike for this. This this whole episode is just an excuse to talk about Limp Bizkit, I swear. Uh, 
Just how do they do guitars like that? They don't make guitars like that anymore. Like it just sounds so good. And the way it goes, bow, bow. At the end, it's like, come on. There's no one does that. Come no on. one does that anymore. Yeah, we we. I like the thought of Marty going to concerts saying they don't make guitars like they did when Limp Bizkit was around. <laughs> Where's the guy with the mask doing the thing? <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. Well, uh, get a red hat, and uh, you should be Fred Durst for Halloween this year. Yeah, don't get me started. I dressed up as Fred Durst once for work as a Halloween <laughs> thing. I think I've told Mike this story a hundred times. Neil, I don't think you know it. I worked at like a weird clickbait company. So it was like no one really, everyone was really depressed and didn't like being there. And everyone was like just terribly anxious and didn't want to speak to anybody. So I just showed up one day with like, yeah, just like a white shirt, backwards hat and a soul patch. And it was like, the, it was Halloween and nobody said anything. Like, obviously, like, I had, like, a couple friends at that point that I had, like, no, but, like, no, n- no one, and we even had, like, a sort of, like, an all-staff get-together where we all went in. Like, nobody said anything. <laughs> you could have oh said something. God. Were you in character, though? <laughs> no, yeah, well, I should have, yeah. I should have you, like, you did, like, your annual review dressed as Fred Durst, and you had to stay in character <laughs> the entire time. Oh. Only, only spouting uh, Limp Bizkit like quotes and lyrics, uh, just but like just in a normal setting. Oh, that would be move so in, move sick. out. <laughs> keep rolling. It's my way or the yeah. highway. I know I've done really bad this year, but I just keep on rolling, baby. Marty, how do you feel about working here? Everybody's messed up. Everybody sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I just tell them to shut the <laughs> up, and then it's like, oh yeah, that's too late. That's too far. <laughs> Well, Marty, thank you for coming on today, talking about some Limp Bizkit and then a little bit of NHL hits with us. It's uh, been a great time. And uh, yeah, keep on rolling, baby. Thanks, guys. See you for the uh, chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water episode. Can't wait. (laughs) Us too. Us too, Marty. Can't wait, buddy. Talk to you soon. Bye. What a nice young man. What a nice young man. Thank you so much, Marty, for coming on today, talking about some NHL hits and mostly Limp Bizkit. Uh, as you do, <laughs> it's it's it, it's so much fun to talk about uh, these games, honestly. And obviously, we're going to be talking about it even more as the show goes on. And I'm just glad that we got uh, to give Marty a platform to to talk about this a little bit more. Because, yeah, I, I like listening to the that arcade sports episode like honestly five minutes per per game and we really Mm -hmm. just did not do hits justice at all that's why i really wanted to make sure we talk about it again we'll definitely talk about those other games too like nba street volume three which we also touched on for like three minutes even though that game is is so big for us because of uh, mario peach and luigi being in it but uh yeah nhl hits o two o three amazing games amazing guests to come on to talk about it yeah, I love bringing Marty on. Great energy. He loves hockey, loves hockey games, and obviously he has great history playing NHL hits 02 with uh, Mrs. Mrs. Robertson's first grade class. They were a great they were a great team that year. They they came out to play. Uh, just got to tip our hats to those kids because they really knew uh, how to how to shoot, pass, and of course deke <laughs> around Marty, who at the age of 17 lost brutally to a bunch of first graders. A bit like a Billy Madison yeah, oh situation yeah. going on. Very sad, but I'm sure that they went on to do great things just like Marty did and just like our next caller did who uh, is joining the show uh, right now, actually. I can see the phone lines are still hot, Mike. So 
I'm just going to actually have to step out of the studio for, I'm going to say maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Limp Biscuit are actually performing not far from my condo this evening. What? And I just need, I really just need to go check out one song as, as the listeners can probably get it. So uh, I'll be back in about a half an hour. So I'll let you take this next caller without me. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I will Neil, and I'll do I'll do my best for this one because uh, uh, that's that's really amazing that you're gonna be able to see Limp Bizkit live. I can I think I can hear Roland in the background yeah. right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back, Mike. I can hear they're starting up now, so I gotta run. Okay. Oh, Neil is gone. Uh, he's at the Limp Bizkit concert. We wish him luck. Hopefully, he gets a pick. Uh, maybe he uh, he gets a set list. Uh, I'm I'm hoping he bring comes back for the set list. So we'll we'll find out uh, when he's back. But uh, in his absence, we have our second guest of the show, and that is author, professor, journalist, and voice actor Patrick Hickey Jr. He was last on the show to talk about the NHL games, uh, the EA NHL games for the GameCube, uh, way back about two years ago now. Uh, he is the author of the Minds Behind the Games series, including the minds behind the sports games which chronicles basically everything you need to know about the development of sports games in this era and is definitely worth checking out so with that patrick uh welcome back to the show great to have you on again yeah what's up man super happy to uh be welcome back thank you yeah no it's uh it's 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 always a pleasure to be able to have someone on who has literally written a book about sports games and uh, uh, not and many of us not, not not many of us have and and so it's a it's a huge privilege to be able to uh, talk to that uh, talk to talk about that with you and I guess my first question would be to start off uh, talking about NHL hits what's your first memories of the NHL hit series I love 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 I said it three times I'll say it one more time <laughs> four times love uh, Midway sports games. It's kind of funny though when the more we get into it that like NHL hits is really not a Midway sports game. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's published by Midway. It's not developed by Midway at all. Unlike um, some of the other games in their sports catalog, but like um, NHL hits, I remember the first thing um, that really caught me with NHL hits twenty oh three was uh, that Hoobastank song when you first started up the game, Pieces, that would just play, and then you'd hear Tim Kittrow, like one of my favorite voice actors of all time. I've had the luxury of interviewing him a few times, and it's just like, when you talk about how to start a game with like some like joie de vie, some cojones, <laughs> it's like, um, it, it doesn't get much better in 2003 than like Tim Kittrow and Hoobastank. So yeah, right from the get-go, you're like, this is going to be a different hockey game, and, and it totally totally is oh absolutely and i mean that's following up nhl uh, hits 2002 with uh roland i mean that's like mm-hmm. we yep. talked about that already uh, earlier on the show but like that's like the most classic thing at least for me is i associate that song forever with nhl hits and a lot of other people do which is great and and yeah uh hits 03 having um hoobastank power man 5000 as well yep. rob zombie mm-hmm. uh just like the, the 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 jukebox of that uh of of those tracks is such a like such a place in time for sure it's like so 2002 2003 era and and also hidden songs with uh by uh the Zon- or the zambonis with uh all those songs which i didn't know about until i was older because you have to unlock them i think right i'm pretty sure you do yeah 
Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was weird because I didn't know about this band at all. And then I like hear these songs, like the Hockey Monkey. And I'm like, what are these yeah. songs? Mm-hmm. And there's like a, a ska song as well that with Breakaway. And um, and yeah, it turns out Zambonis are an amazing band and like uh, from Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, so much fun. And, and uh, they have a great Instagram as well. They follow us. We're very proud to have the Zambonis following us uh, on Instagram. So uh, yeah, it's a great soundtrack for sure. Absolutely. I mean, what hockey, I don't know, just for some reason, it's just like I've been to hundreds, maybe even over, over a thousand professional baseball games in my life as a journalist and stuff. But I've been to probably a couple of hundred hockey games and I've been to some basketball games, but it's just like hockey, the atmosphere and the music and hockey is just so much better than like any other sport. And I, I think the hits games channel that better than nearly any hockey game that had come out before then. I don't think it was it was until like NHL 08 mm-hmm. that like EA really stepped up their soundtrack. Oh, no, definitely. And and for you then, did you play NHL hits uh, 02 and 03? Did you play those when they came out back in the day or did you play them later? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the thing was, NHL uh, NHL 2002 was my first hockey game on the PS2. That's the reason why I bought the PS2. Mm-hmm. And then um, I I played that game. I had updated the rosters for like the full year, and <laughs> you know, you know, this is before downloadable rosters yep. and stuff like that. And then um, I would still, I, it was like you know, 2000, you know, getting on 2003, and now I'm still playing NHL 2002, but um. I just, I missed, like, a fun arcade hockey experience, and um, I picked it up used for, like, 30 bucks at my at my buddy's used uh, game store, and like I said, I just, I loved it. That, that season playing it was so much fun, and I feel like um, in terms of, like, the peaks and valleys of this series, I think this is the best one. It just, it, it came out at a perfect time for me, and yeah, like I said, the score is good, the gameplay is great. It's also super, super underrated on the Game Boy Advance. If you've ever played the Game Boy Advance version, oh. it's like Blades of Steel on the NES, but like on steroids. Okay. It runs really, really good on the Game Boy Advance. Like, NHL 2002 on the Game Boy Advance is basically like um, NHL 94, NHL 95 on the Super Nintendo, just with like updated rosters, but like... NHL hits 2003 on the Game Boy Advance is just like this really great hockey game designed for the GBA. So like I really attached myself to this this game this year. I bought it on two different consoles. So yeah, I really love this one. That's really cool. I actually so we we obviously know that it was for the Game Boy Advance when we covered this way back when we were doing the, just the GameCube. We obviously just talked about the GameCube version, but uh, mm-hmm. had no idea about the Game Boy Advance. And we were talking about those kind of games with Super Blood Hockey, which you actually recommended to us uh, yeah. two years ago, which is yeah. uh, Neil and I both own that game now. Fantastic game. So much fun. So it's really glad to see that uh, that the Game Boy Advance version is worth picking up for this game. Absolutely. And if you love Super Blood Hockey, you'll absolutely love NHL Hits 2003 on the Game Boy Advance. It's like um, Lauren Lemke, the lead designer on uh, Super Blood Hockey, is totally inspired by like every like really cool hockey game. His, he, his dad um, worked for Acclaim in the 80s and the 90s. So it's just like he, he had all of this stuff like just thrown right in his face. So, uh, so yeah. Damn, that's so cool. That's so cool. And for in terms of like the NHL hits history, uh, this is something that I've always kind of been wondering about is uh, is how how did this game come to be? Like like uh, one of the biggest questions for me was licensing. Like like how is Midway even able to get the licensing for a game like this? 
Well, the thing is, though, too, the NHL wasn't stupid. I mean, NBA Jam, its first year in the arcades, made a billion dollars. And then and, uh, NFL Blitz was a proven moneymaker in the arcade, and even though it had massive, massive problems internally with the Midway team designing the Blitz games because they couldn't get them out on time. Mm. Um you know, like I remember, I think it was, and uh, I think it was Blitz twenty oh two didn't come out until after the Super Bowl came out that year, and um, it still sold four hundred thousand copies, which is insane. You know, because that's the kind of fan base they had. So the NHL, yeah. I get Midway did not have a problem like getting a licensing agreement with the NHL, but the thing was they knew that they needed a team, a development team that was going to be able to get a hockey game out on time, which is key because. Hockey games historically don't sell nearly as well as football and baseball games. Like if you can get a hockey game to sell a million copies, like you're doing your job. Like that's that's yeah. those are rock star numbers. So um, they enlisted Black Box mm-hmm. to to do this, and Black Box eventually went on to do a couple of NHL games. But like the, the founding fathers of Black Box used to work for um, a company called Radical. And Radical did games like NHL Power Play on the PlayStation and the Sega Saturn. They did NHL Championship 2000 on the PlayStation. They also did the original NHL 2K on the Dreamcast. So a lot of people were kind of like, wow, this game came out of nowhere. And Midway was like, gotcha, because these guys <laughs> these guys were working on hockey games for seven years before that. Like, the original NHL 2K is still a really fun game. And just to... um kind of put the pieces together some of the people like some of the members of this team like chris robertson who was the lead like he worked on like the programming side of uh and gameplay side of nhl hits 2003 he worked on sleeping dogs later in his career state of dk smackdown versus raw 2007 atv off-road fury need for speed then you have like the animator that worked on nhl hits 2003 Technical director for Luigi's Mansion 3, Metroid Prime, wow. uh, Federation Force, uh, Mario Strikers Charge. So it's just like, then also too, wow. like from that Radical team back in the day of like 2000, you had Cam Weber, who's like one of like the big bosses at EA mm-hmm. was on that team. So they had a group of really talented developers that loved making hockey games. Um, and it's the reason why after Hits 2003, EA ended up buying Black Box and they became EA Black Box and they worked on a couple of, uh, and I think they worked on NHL 04 and NHL 05. Yep. Um, so these were these were really talented developers that, that did their thing and arguably their best stuff came in Hits 2003. I never put the two together, but of course, yeah, yeah that's right, EA... Black Box did help develop 04 and 05, which are arguably, at least for me, that they are my favorite NHL games in terms of gameplay. I love playing 04 and 05. I think like they they have such a good mix of realism versus arcadiness and like the GM mode and everything mm-hmm. was really, really well done. Uh, and it just feels like an extension of hits in some ways. Uh, I mean, obviously hits is much more over the top, but like still uh, playing it like even now, like I, I play 04 and 05 with my friends all the time still because it's there's still really, really solid games at their core. Absolutely. You could tell that EA basically went over to Black Box and was like, listen, your animations are awesome. Your puck physics are awesome. Let's just calm down with some of the shenanigans. Let's ground it a little bit. <laughs> And we got something, and and those games sold great. Those, the, I mean, to me, you, I mean, you're right. They hit that that sweet spot 
of arcade fun and realism. And I just feel like I still love the NHL series. I still buy it every year. Like I own a copy of NHL on every sing like every year that it's ever come out. <laughs> you know? I, <laughs> um so like I'm a huge fan of the series, but like I will say that like since NHL 08, the games have virtually played extremely, extremely similar. You know, like the skill stick is amazing. But it's like it's kind of like pigeonholed the series a little bit. Like they don't want to step away from like the skill stick. But um, so some of those other games where they tried different things like 04, 05, 06, they were just so much fun, and they're still tremendously playable today. And and exactly, and the fact that these games are coming out, you know, were coming out as they were, right? Uh, no bugs, no glitches. It's like, like this is the game. And I think NHL hits, especially like that series, that's the game that you, you want to make sure that you have technically right. Uh, and their animations, like you mentioned, are so, so good. Honestly, and arguably, the animations in this game are better than NHL 23. I'll say that right now. Because, Isn't that like, so crazy? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I was playing NHL 23. Uh, I picked up 23 uh, this year. My first NHL game that I played, I think, since NHL 16 or 15. And I recognized like all the same animations. I was like, oh, oh yeah, they haven't changed that. Oh, going in like going into the bench, yeah, getting glitched out on the bench. That's the same. Glad that problem's not not fixed. Like, like hits, uh, like everything is so seamless, very very fluid, very smooth. And the fighting, the fighting is amazing. It's so much fun. It, it feels like there's there's such a uh, uh, such a variation when you're actually uh, doing these fighting moves. Where current NHL games are kind of just. The same thing over and over again. There's not that level of difficulty. A fight is kind of a nuisance, really, in new NHL games where a fight is what you want to have in hits. You you go for a while trying to figure out how you can get into a fight so you can knock the other person's uh, player out. It's like in hits, there would be so many moments where you're you're just getting your gluteus maximus handed to you, <laughs> and you're just like, I need to do I need to do something, and sometimes it's a fight. Yep. You know, um, you knock out a player like out of the game and then all of a sudden it's just like, all right, you know, it's like I used to love one of my friends um, was a big Ranger fan. Mm. And like I would play with the Islanders who were a pretty good team in that game. They were like in the upper middle uh, in that game. Yep. Um, if I if I knocked out like one of his best players, then it was just like the Islanders just got a whole lot better, you know. <laughs> and um, in the NHL games, like now if you like win a fight. Like it's you get penalty minutes and stuff like that. Like you might get like a morale boost, but it's it's not like a game changer. Yeah. You know. So yeah, fights fights were so much fun in hits. So one thing I gotta talk about taking too, me back. <laughs> yeah, I know that's that's what that's what we're all about here is nostalgia. So the thing that I liked the most about hits twenty oh three was that the ice surface was bigger than the year before. It really felt sometimes that like hits twenty oh two was just like kill or be killed. Yeah, and there wasn't a lot of room. Like I love the original um, NHL Faceoff series on the PlayStation, yeah. and they had this option. It was like um, this passing scheme where you can basically pass to any person on the ice. I Icon passing, it was called. Mm -hmm. And I used to love to run the power play and pass the puck around, and it would drive my father crazy because my father would be like, "Just shoot the puck, just shoot the puck," and I would have you know my center behind the net pass to the forward along the boards, then pass back to the defenseman, then look for a shot, try and screen, and it's like um, you couldn't do that in hits twenty oh two at all. It was like there was no, there was literally no space no. on the ice. That's what it felt like. But in twenty oh three, I mean, it's still an arcade hockey game, but there was just enough space where you can get a little little bit more creative with the puck and i feel like 
the combination of the fast, frenetic arcade gameplay and just enough room to make sexy passes and, and take advantage of one-timers, that made it really fun. When you scored a one-timer and then the music hit after and you saw it on instant replay and Tim <laughs> Kittrow was doing his thing, it just, oh, it was it was butter. It was so good. <laughs> I, I mean, one-timers, that is the way to score in these games, for mm-hmm. sure. Like, that is oh, yeah. the bread and butter. Uh, that's how you get goals. And, uh, and it, yeah, like I actually never realized that until just now, but that does make sense that the ice would be slightly bigger in hit so three, because it does feel like you do have a little bit more time, just a little bit, I just mean, enough, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, yep. just enough to get that, that one pass off because yeah, I mean, in, in this series, the name of the game is definitely just getting that pass off and getting hit immediately. Absolutely. So I, I feel like, again, 2002, nothing against 2002, but 2002 was just like, it, again, it was, it was, it should have been like NHL kill or be killed, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and this was like, this was a little different. This was like a Clint Eastwood movie. This was like a Dirty Harry movie. Like you, you're looking down the barrel of the 44 Magnum the entire time and you're wondering, have you shot five shots or have you shot six? You know, <laughs> so you have like a little bit more time to like make a decision that can change the game. So, yeah. In terms of teams, so you did say the Islanders are kind of a mid-tier team. That's okay in this uh, in this game. My favorite team, the Avalanche, are, are probably top tier in this one. Maybe even the best team. Uh, but if you had to, uh, what three teams would you want to pick from this roster to, to go with? Um, and, tw- and so 2002-2003, yeah, definitely Avalanche would be would be on there. I, I'm, a, I'm a hardcore Islanders fan, so the Islanders would definitely be on there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I don't know. I'm going to be honest, I, I've probably played the game over 100 hours and probably like 98 of those hours were with the Islanders. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would probably then, I, the other team I would probably play with was would be the Devils, just yeah. because again, 2002-2003, um, they've got some, they've got a nice balance of tough guys and scorers on that team. So they would probably be a lot of fun to play with. Weird that you didn't pick the big babies uh, or the uh, sea dogs. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> or the uh, the soldiers playing at the Coliseum. <laughs> oh my god! That was see. That's the thing too. A lot of people don't talk about like um, there was a lot more customization options in yep. that game than I think anyone was ever ready for. Yep. <laughs> um, you know. I, so many people would probably just want to jump into that game and just play with with a bunch of friends, but it's just like. There was a lot of customization options in that game, like almost too many, which was great, you know? So, yeah. There's so many teams. There's so many stadiums, like like dozens for each one and, and lots of customization options as well. And then the jerseys, like that was one thing that I, I found in both games, but especially 03, like the amount of different jerseys that you have for each team that you can unlock is insane. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. there are... There are so many. There are more in NHL hits than there are in modern day NHL uh, games, and that that is absolutely insane to me. Yeah, and and that's the thing too. It's just uh, it just makes it a lot of fun to play, you know. And um, yep. like I said, I've I've played I've probably played the game close to a hundred hours, and it's just like yeah, um, stuff like that. Just being able to change jerseys sometimes that just makes for a, for a lot of fun. And again, too, yeah, the NHL games now, maybe you get like four or five jerseys and then you have to mm-hmm. unlock the other ones and then there's microtransactions and this and that and the other yeah. thing. And this, this, it was just like, everything was pretty, like, pretty much there from like the get-go. I miss those days so much. <laughs> 
where it was just like yeah 60 bucks 50 bucks and you got a full game with no microtransactions and stuff I, you could tell i'm 39 <laughs> that i'm old it's it, it is nice to get a complete game and like you know more than a complete game with these games like the amount of stuff that you said like was was packed in there and and there were things that you could unlock like you could unlock extra jerseys you you got usually three or four to start with you were able to unlock the other ones. You were able to unlock different arenas and stuff too. The way you did it in in O two was actually through trivia questions. Uh, at the end of each game, they would give you a trivia uh, question to wow, answer. I completely and you forgot get, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I only remembered it when I was playing it again this week, and I was like, right, the trivia questions. Uh, and I I would lose out on a lot of points sometimes because <laughs> uh, me and my friends would rage quit all the time, and we just turn off the GameCube, so we would lose out. <laughs> On the uh, on the uh, the points that we could get, so I've been slowly trying to get them back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But in terms of of history, you know, we have we have O two, we have O three, and then we have NHL Hits Pro, which we're not really gonna talk about here. That can be its own episode for sure. But sure. Uh, that was Next Level Games who ended up uh, uh, making that, who ended up making these Strikers games as well. Which and they they all have some shared DNA too because like what we yeah. were just talking about before yeah, exactly which is crazy it's just it's so funny how uh uh incestuous you know the the, the game development world is it's uh it's crazy I just try and explain that to people all the time because like in the process of writing all of these books I've had people go wait so you don't give like any of your opinion on the games and I'm like I'm like no that's what there's a million coffee table yeah. video game books out there with tons of pictures that do that. I'm like I speak to the developers and get them to tell me the stories and um for me I feel like that that's more important because there's been so many times where I'm in a a GameStop and a kid's like, "Oh, why does this Crash Bandicoot play different than this Crash Bandicoot?" And I'm like, "I'm happy that you said that." <laughs> I will answer that right now. And their parents will be like, "Who who in the hell are you?" You know, and the, <laughs> game, the the GameStop employee will be like, "God damn it, this guy <laughs> again." This guy. You know, but um, it, it's important when you get to like you know hits pro and when when you get to like NHL. 05 and you're wondering why the hits look better in NHL you know 04 and 05 than they do in NHL 02 and NHL 01 and it's just people I it's like it's like finding out that like your favorite band um the lead singer in your favorite band was in like three or four other bands before and then you listen to those bands and go oh my god I've been missing out on some great stuff my entire life exactly you know um, but people don't do it in video games and there's so much more turnaround in sports games than there are in other genres that it's just like, yeah, like, again, we just took a little history lesson and we found out that like, you know, seven years, these guys at they, first, it was radical that then it was black box, but they were developing hockey games for seven, eight years before. And I guarantee you, there were so many people that when hits O two 2 came out, they, they went, well, who the hell is black box? Oh, for you sure. know? Yeah. So you know, for me, memorizing and well, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like memorizing, but m m paying attention to the people that made these games is just crucial to the entire experience. So many people don't do it, but I feel like if you do it, you'll have such a greater appreciation for the games that you play. And that's what we do here in this podcast. <laughs> we we give people, try and give people a greater appreciation. Try not to review our, our the stuff too much. We like the games. That's why we're talking about them. So, sure. I mean, uh, obviously we think they're they're great. But yeah, the, the Hits franchise ends after NHL Hits Pro. And, you know, from the best of your knowledge, why do you think that happened? Oh, it's just it, Midway's, Midway was in financial uh, yeah. peril. Midway um, thought that um, they could make money on their games by releasing them like once a year. So like, I'll give you an example. The Suffering mm -hmm. for Midway uh, did really good numbers. 
And then they decided to go come out with like the Suffering Two Ties That Bind, which was still a good game, but they decided to come out with it like a year later, and because si- Silent Hill did it, right. so then they thought that they could do it, and um, <laughs> the game did not sell nearly as well. And then PsyOps was a uh, the Mindgate conspiracy, another really solid yeah. game, but wasn't marketed properly. It sold okay, but it didn't sell nearly as well. The, like they there was probably like five or six games like that from Midway that just didn't sell the way that they needed to sell and um again like i told you before blitz coming out late severely hurt midway's ability to make money Hmm. um because this is the thing i mean midway was was a company that like made itself known and successful on the arcade yep and then what they would do is they would hire an external development team to port the game over from arcade to you know PlayStation, PlayStation Two, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, and da 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 da. But then once the arcade division of Midway dies, all these amazing arcade developers, Mark Termel, Sal Davida, there's tons of them. Now they have to design on console, and completely different bowl game. Yeah, you know, um, the TNA Impact game, another perfect example. Game sold over a million copies didn't get the best reviews wasn't marketed as much as it possibly could have been that game should have sold twice as many copies mm-hmm. as what it originally sold so midway just ended up dropping the ball on so many other things that it eventually hurt the longevity of the nhl hit series which is kind of sad because i mean if there was a new one right now i'd be playing it so yeah <laughs> i agree and and i definitely uh, all your points for absolutely agree with that and and there's also the factor too of competition Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in oh, yeah. the NHL hits area, they definitely didn't have the same com- kind of competition. But you think of uh, Acclaim and then later EA Big creating basically their own midway kind of arcadey studio uh, to compete with those kind of zany games, creating um, uh, FIFA Street, for example, which became pretty big. Uh, yeah. You think of NBA Street NFL as Street, well. SSX, yep. you know, um, Def Jam Vendetta. Um, yep. Another thing, too, a lot of people forget um, NHL. 2k5 and 2k6 were amazing hockey games yep. and then on on top of it they were released at 20 dollars. that's right <laughs> same with the nfl ones too there was the, the, the big... nfl 2k3 4 yep. 5 yeah man like they 2k was like you know what if we can't beat ea we're just gonna produce a fantastic game and sell it for half as much and they still didn't beat ea but they sold enough copies that it hurt it hurt other companies like it hurt Midway probably a lot more than it hurt EA. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. And then, of course, uh, EA actually bought the NFL rights uh, mm-hmm. fully so that uh, uh, that uh, 2K couldn't really compete in that space anymore. Didn't happen with NHL, uh, but it was it was one of those things, too, that it's hard to envision even if Midway was able to have success financially, even if everything was able to go really well for them. It is hard to envision hits as a as a standalone angularized franchise uh, because yeah. we, we even see the the progression, right? We got, we got O2, which is definitely the first outing uh, in terms of, you know, things are really good, but there's, there's tweaks that can be made. O3 is definitely the complete package. It's got everything you need and, and everything feels super, super clean. Uh, Hits Pro being uh, a bit of a deviation away because now we're actually trying to compete with the sim and with a bit of the realism with the five on five. And so like, where do you go next, right? Like what is Hits Pro? You get Hits Pro 2. Is that just, is that basically just now in the space of EA and 2K in terms of those NHL games? Like it's, it's kind of a hard to answer that question. Absolutely. And the thing is too, if you talk to any like um, 
hardcore game developer, they'll especially like um, a sports developer. Like I'll give you an example. Michael Brook was the assistant producer on the original Madden. He was like one of the the driving forces in the original EA Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked on NHLPA ninety three, NHL ninety four, NHL ninety five, and he's like, listen, the reason why NHL ninety four plays so well is because they had NHL hockey. NHLPA 93 to really like iron out all the bugs and by the time they got to NHL 94 they knew exactly what they wanted to do so the thing is the reason why NHL um hits 2003 plays the way that it does is because these guys had seven years of game experience under their belt and the thing is NHL 2k NHL hits 2002 and NHL hits 2003 those are like the three games if you play the original nhl 2k it plays a lot more like hits than it does nhl 2k like one and two and so on and so forth so like by the time we get to hits 2003 the bugs are completely out like just that they hit that sweet spot Mm -hmm. and um pro is not a bad game but it, again, it's just it's trying to be more like everyone else, and that's the thing. Whenever you make a game, you know, like I've I've done voice acting on a on a dozen games, I've done writing on games, and it's just like when 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 you when you're doing this, you have to say to yourself, Am I going to make something better? Am I going to make something worse? Or am I going to make something different? And the thing is, like, when you when you try and design something that's simple and not as good as somebody else, sometimes you hit like an audience that just wants something simpler and you can succeed. Yeah. Um, when you go for something better and your standards are higher, then yeah, then that gives you a bigger room for error, but like your, it sets your standards higher. So that's a good thing though too. Yeah. But when you say you want to be different, that's tough. So it's just <laughs> like they, you know, pro wanted to be different. It wanted to be a five on five sim, but with like a little bit extra. And it's just like being different is so much harder than just trying to do something simple or trying to do something big and out of the box. So that that was the problem with pro. There was definitely no identity crisis when it came to hits 2003, though. That game knew exactly what it was trying to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why it's so successful today. Like in terms of people talking about these games, unfortunately, people don't talk about hits pro really just because uh, it's not that that unique factor in terms of of these crazy ga- crazy hockey games like like the ability to play a a somewhat realistic hockey game that has complete licensing better licensing than even the EA games uh but in this kind of chaotic huge hits old school hockey environment that's probably never going to happen again right and i think that's why this is probably such a uh, a, a time capsule really of, of this era and why people are still going to talk about it are still talking about it today and are still going to talk about it 20 years from now because I don't think we'll ever ever be able to get anything close to a game like this again yeah you're not going to get that and you're, you're probably not going to get two or three hockey games released at the same time no um yeah it's listen it's a different <laughs> it's a different bowl game out there and it, it, again as much as I love EA Sports and as much as I love um, the NHL series, I miss NHL Faceoff a yeah. ton. Not the ones on PlayStation Two, the ones on PlayStation One. I miss the NHL Hit series. I miss the NHL Two K series on PS Two. Mm-hmm. It was just a different era. I mean, I would even love if like Nintendo got back in like the hockey business and if we got like an ice hockey. You know, something like a simple, like I told Lauren Lemke, the guy that did um, Super Bullet Hockey, I'm like, if you got an NHL license and and had this with an NHL license, oh my God. Oh, I know. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know. It just never happened though. Yeah, it just didn't happen, you know, but um, there's definitely room, there's definitely room for another 
NHL licensed hockey game out there, but it's just like when when does somebody step up and do it? I I, I can't wait till somebody has the cojones to do it. So <laughs> I agree. I will be waiting for that day patiently over here. But uh, uh, while I wait, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about the NHL hit series before I let you go? Uh, just that if you love hockey games, you owe it to yourself to play this. It's just like I tell people all the time because like I run a comic book company. I own a comic book company as well. And, and, you know, I'll tell them like, listen, you could read my stuff. But if you consider yourself a comic book fan, you should read this, this, this and this. Yeah. So it's just like if I if somebody told me that they loved hockey and they loved hockey video games and I went into their man cave or their she shed or wherever <laughs> and I just saw like EA sports hockey games, I would be like, no, 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 no. You have pick to try this. this. You, yeah, you have to pick this up. It's just like Blades of Steel, Ice Hockey, Super Blood Hockey, NHL Face Off. Like there's so many great Wayne Gretzky 3D hockey. There's so many. And that's a midway you know, mm-hmm. hockey game, you know, before, before hits, there's a lot of hits DNA in that as well. So it's just like, yeah, I would, I would just tell people like, um, great score, especially if you're around our age, like late thirties, early forties, this is like all great college music, you know? So it's just like, get a sleeve of Oreos, get a big Slurpee, sit your <laughs> ass in front of the couch and play some hockey. Yeah. You know? <sighs> that sounds great. And I, uh, can't wait to invite some people over to play a little, <laughs> little hits tourney we'll play up to seven that's what we like doing uh yeah man uh, <laughs> make it make it interesting or play with uh you can play with uh fights on or where, where fights are actually goals count as goals that's a little cheat that you can do in nhl hits o2 i love that a lot but uh you did mention comics of course i want to give you uh, a chance here to plug uh all the things you are working on because there's a lot of things that uh you can talk about for sure but uh yeah uh, the this is your time Awesome. So um, the minds behind PlayStation 2 games just came out um, at the end of March. Um, it's a really solid book. It's it's a lot of fun. There's like a ton of great interviews in there. Indigo Prophecy, Shadow of the Colossus. There's so many oh, amazing nice. PS2 games that are that are in there. Red Faction. I had so much fun. NHL 2002. Um, is in there. I had so much fun interviewing all those developers, but also there's seven books in the Minds Behind the Game series. There's the Minds Behind the Games, the Minds Behind Adventure, Minds Behind Sports, the Minds Behind Shooter, <laughs> then there's the Sega Genesis book, and then there's a PS1 book and a PS2 book. So if you love video game history, um, I poured my heart out writing those books. I'm also a voice actor. I'm the lead voice actor in the upcoming Japanese RPG slash wrestling game called WrestleQuest. Oh, wow. um, I voice <laughs> about great. I voice about ninety games in the uh, ninety characters in that game. Um, there's thirty licensed uh, Hall of Fame wrestlers in there from Diamond Dallas Page and Jeff Jarrett, Legion of Doom, Andre the Giant, Jake the Snake Roberts. Like it's so much fun. So that's coming out August eighth on every console, you know. Um, that's available right now. So much fun. It's like Mario RPG meets professional wrestling. It's so much fun. Um, there's that. And then I'm also the owner and editor in chief of Legacy Comics. Um, we're an indie comic book publisher. We've released about 20 books so far this year. So if you're into like hard boiled noir, we've got some crazy stuff for you. If you're into something more uh, on the funnier side, we've got stuff for you. We've got like kick ass female characters. We've got like, we've literally got something for everyone. So it's Legacy Comics, C O M I X. We're on Instagram. Um, if you love video games, I've actually written a comic that is based on a game that I wrote the story for called Kroom, 
um, K-R-O-O-M, that's currently in development. Um, the lead animator on Kroom is Pete Paquette. You may uh, remember his name from such classics as Gladius on the Xbox. Oh, um, I love Gladius. He's, yeah. And he's, he was also the lead animator on Bioshock Infinite. He designed the character. I wrote the story. His brother is the engineer on the game. It's got a kick-ass score. It's like, imagine the original Legend of Zelda, but if Link had a gun as well as a sword. It's just, it's so badass, you know? So um, that's like kind of everything that I'm up to. Is, up to. So if you love video games, if you love comic books, check me out on Instagram. It's just my full name, Patrick Hickey Jr., and uh, I post a lot. It's a lot of like stream of consciousness, pro wrestling, video games, comic books, kids, food. So uh, I look forward to talking to everyone if they uh, have the opportunity. Oh, man. It's, it's so much amazing stuff that you're working on. I definitely want to check out that uh, Japanese wrestling <laughs> uh, uh, game, uh, the, the wrestling JRPG. What was the name of that again? Uh, Wrestle Quest. It's Wrestle from Quest. Skybound Entertainment. So um, you guys may know Skybound from. I mean, Robert Kirkman owns Skybound. He's the creator of The Walking Dead. You know, so um, they're um, they're publishing the game. Um, Mega Cat Studios, awesome indie game publisher out of Pittsburgh, is um, is developing it. I've been on the team for about two years. Um, the two and a half years. The game's been in development for about four. It's a fifty-hour RPG. It's really cool. Like again, it's like Mario RPG and Paper Mario meets pro wrestling. So. Yeah, it's so much fun. Now you have me wanting to play uh, Gladius again, which was on GameCube. We covered that on the GameCube is cool. When we do a, an episode that will definitely come up at some point about LucasArts and uh, and the non-Star Wars games that they made, because there's actually a lot of them and they're actually quite good. Uh, oh, yeah. Gladius being one of them, we will definitely have you on for that. Yeah, man. I'm pretty sure Maniac Mansion is a LucasArts game, too. I think so. And uh, Grim Fandango, right? Yeah, 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 man. So many good ones. So so many good ones in so little time. But uh, Pat, thank mm-hmm. you very, very much for coming on yeah, today. No problem. Uh, absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, we'll see you again real soon. Absolutely, man. Have a good one. Take care. You too. What a nice young man. Thank you, Pat, for coming on today. We really appreciate you uh, dishing all that knowledge. Uh, just amazing, amazing person to have on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, And unfortunately, Neil was not able to join both of us. Uh, to talk about some NHL hits, but he just came back. I I, I think from the Limp Biscuit concert. Yeah, I can hear him breathing heavily. I'm sure he was in the pit the entire time. Uh, and Neil, did you manage to get the set list? Did you manage to, to to snag that from Fred Durst? I did. He was he was guarding it quite uh, quite heavily. I actually I, I'm I'm impressed that you remembered. I was actually only in the mosh pit for one song because I only went for one song and it was their encore, so I didn't have to hear any of it. But according <laughs> according to the set list, which I was actually able to steal from someone else. Who was able mm. to steal a set list. It was quite the quite the mosh pit. It looks like that they played Nookie three times, uh, Break Stuff twice. Yeah. They did do Behind Blue Eyes, the Who cover. They they did do that. They opened with that one, which was a very interesting choice. Interesting. And the, and they uh, they played Break Stuff uh, five times, total of uh, five times. And then they played their entire 2022 album front to back, which was a bold move considering most people just wanted to hear stuff from 1999 through 2001. But you mentioned Mike that you hoped that I would catch a pick. It was impossible not to. All the guitar players and bassists threw their picks into the audience between each verse they went through at least 100 picks in in the song that i saw wow that's that is pretty that's pretty impressive but you know everyone gets to go home with a pick uh yep. so that's nice to see mm-hmm. so uh what uh, uh what what color was your pick uh, mine was red the same color as fred durst hat mm-hmm. good good that's appropriate yeah. well uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the show. I'm glad you got to see the encore of Roland, a, a, a great way to end it and a great way to start uh, a great hockey game. NHL hits 0-2 and 
Uh, Neil, that brings us, I think, to the back of the cases uh, that we got to read for these uh, these beautiful games. Yeah, we get to read the back of the case for NHL Hits 02 and 03. But first, Victor, hit us with that sweet jingle. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. We Know Hits. NHL Hits 2002 is Adrenaline Hockey featuring big hits, rocket goals, and ferocious gameplay. Exclusive Adrenaline-style 3-on-3 gameplay featuring more than 1,000 high-impact motion-captured moves and beautifully detailed player models. Hard-checking action so fierce it literally sends players over the boards, through the glass, and into the seats. In-game jukebox featuring hit songs from Limp Biscuit, Corn, Fuel, and more. First, next-generation 3D crowds cheers your every move, bangs on the glass, and even rains hats after the rare hat trick. Incredible hidden fantasy rinks, players, and unlockable teams. Officially licensed product of the NHL and NHLPA, including all of your favorite NHL teams and star players. Next up, we have NHL Hits 2003, but Mike, you own this one, so I'm going to let you do the honors. NHL Hits 2003 is an ice-melting inferno of blistering hockey that will knock you through the glass and into the action. Ignite your game with new features. Exclusive adrenaline-style 3 versus 3 hockey action means big hits, rocket goals, and ferocious gameplay. New franchise mode, deepest hockey experience available. Season mode, every team and every game. Full in-depth stat tracking, international and all-star games, plus fantasy teams and stadiums, hockey school and mini-games. Hit soundtrack featuring Rob Zombie, Power Man 5000, Incubus, and more. Yeah, that that uh, jukebox that they had for 03 doesn't quite have the same ring to it. Um, no. Yeah, I mean uh, Incubus, good band. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not yeah. too. They're pretty good, I'd say. But yeah, Power Man 5000. They could have just had Limp Biscuit come back with the exact same song. Honestly, I mean, I just I just <laughs> yeah. saw them live, and people said, you know, Roland, the encore Roland was the best version that they played tonight. So. Yeah, absolutely. But no, two fantastic arcade classics. But Mike, as we have learned, not everybody loved these games back in the day as much as we do now. So I think that mm. it's it's time that we uh, we we move into our classic uh, segment here, review that review, where we jump onto Metacritic today. It's time to review that review. And uh, we have a review here from Darcy R, who reviewed NHL Hits 2002 on December 1st in 2001. And the review here is, Hey, Metacritic, I like your site, but I don't get this game. It's too hard-hitting. The hits actually scare me, and I can't score any goals at all. I'm afraid I'll get hit. I can't tell if this is if this is a satire or not, but I thought it was funny. I don't, I don't think so. I think this might be real. I also love how that was very much a thing early internet. Is like being like, I love your site, like very personal, uh, kind of like, <laughs> like one person is working site. on it. Yeah, 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 exactly, right? Because because most of the time one person did make the entire mm-hmm. site and that was it. Um, so yeah, I the hits. Uh, I mean, hits with a Z is a little scary. I get that. I mean, it's uh, these games aren't rated 
anything more than E. They're just E, which actually I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, wow, these uh, they kind of got away with this. Uh, I mean, I guess no blood. Right, that's is how they get away exactly. with it. That's what I was gonna say. Is if there if there was blood in this game, then absolutely, which would have made it so much better. Would have been cool if you could have yeah. toggled it, like blood on and off if you wanted to. Yeah. I think it would have added so much more. Um, because I uh, we we talked a little bit earlier about Super Blood Hockey, which is like an eight bit mm-hmm. game based on like the Blades of Steel NES games from back in the day, and and it's obviously very pixelated, but like anytime you get hit, like blood just sprays halfway across the ice and it's (laughs) awesome it would have made it so much more cartoony but it was kind of hard to find negative reviews about these games back in the day honestly it seemed like they were mostly universally at least liked by everyone uh or loved in some cases when you talk to people like us but with nhl hits 2003 um again mostly like eights and nines across the board but i did find one three review here from gaming age i think that was actually like an actual publication not too familiar Mm -hmm. but they gave the game nhl hits 03 a 67 and they said a title that seems to be suffering from a bit of an identity crisis this year unlike last year's version which was fully dedicated to being smash mouth hockey fun the tone in hits 03 is more serious and less consistent in approach which they're basically getting down to the fact that the game went away a little bit from its arcadiness of 02 and became slightly more realistic, I guess. And that was kind of the only negative thing that they could find about the game. That's funny, like, when you think of it in that sense of of being in 2003, where the EA NHL series, as well as, like, the 2K NHL series, they were were still pretty Mm arcadey in aspects, right? Like, the NHL hit series weren't completely different than what the NA, the EA series was. Obviously, there was just like, it was three on three and there was massive hits, but it wasn't like a complete change. Like nowadays, you go from like an NHL hits to a, to a, a EA NHL 23. Like that's, you know, that's <laughs> night and day because it's just the realism is just so yeah. amped up. So it's funny them being like, oh, you know, they got a little too real for this <laughs> NHL hits 2003. It's like, yeah, well, just wait, buddy. Yeah, just it's going to get so much more worse. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like you can play, I, I have played like some of the, the realistic NHL. I've played hits way more. More, but when you play the realistic EA NHL game, it's not that different, really, like other than the lack of rules in this one. And that's what makes it so much more yeah. accessible. But again, it's hard not to compare the two. They're so similar, like especially when you talk about graphics and the announcer and the players are all the same. It's just a bit more wacky uh, than uh, than the other ones. And unfortunately, we haven't had an NHL hits game, Mike, in almost 20 years, which is just sad to think how long it's been since we've had Limp Biscuit open up one of the greatest NHL hockey games of all time. So where do you see the future of uh, NHL hits going forward? Do you think we'll ever see Midway or whoever come back and make a game like this again? I would love to see these like remade in some way, but I think the the most realistic thing that's going to happen with these games is that they're going to go to some kind of service, uh, whether it be uh, when GameCube eventually gets its own online service for for Nintendo. I feel like they would go there. Uh, at some point, because Nintendo has been pulling in some third parties for for certain of uh, online games for their N64 as well as NES um, uh, services, and I don't know what Sony's doing with their PS2 collection, but <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and knows, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's tough to say because I think I think the 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 best case scenarios are we get a three v three in NHEA NHL. We maybe get some kind of indie developer making an NHL hit style game. Think uh, Super Blood Hockey, but more uh, like 64-bit, I guess you could call it. Um, and uh, and then maybe seeing it on an online service at some point. 
Yeah, I, I think you're probably right about it being more like a mode in uh, in an NHL, an EA NHL game. Uh, I, I can't mm-hmm. see a game like this being a standalone release anymore. The gaming industry is just so different than it was 20 years ago. Like, I would love games like this to exist again. This kind of, again, we talk about it all the time, but the jackass era of just having a goofy game like a BMX XXX, an NHL Hits, a Tony Hawk Underground. But all of these games have just kind of been sucked into the larger games and they become more of like a mode as opposed to a standalone loan budget title like a $40 yeah. title like I would totally love a like a the EA have the EA NHL game with Austin Matthews Austin Matthews on the front or whoever it is and then have this like have an NHL hits like a a pack on an add-on that you can maybe sell digitally yeah. or or as a as a physical release like make it 40 bucks 50 bucks or whatever and then maybe parents like if they don't want to spend 90 dollars every year maybe they maybe they buy the nhl game every three or four years and they buy these hits games every other year or something and then that fills in the gaps and they have a gift to give their kid or whatever i think that that would be a lot of fun and it would get me in honestly i, I love this stuff way more than the simulation hockey and sports games um, but it, it does seem like that these arcade sports games have kind of been segmented into the indie space for the most part, which is great. I love them. But at the same time, I would like as much as I love Super Blood Hockey, it would be cool to play something that has a little bit more funny to say this, but a bit more realism to it. Like I love the 8-bit, 16-bit graphics, but it would be cool to play a game that looks a bit more like uh, its console, you know, AAA counterparts. And licensing um, too, right? Like I think that's a exactly. huge thing. That's the hard part. That's the hard part, and it's it would be tough to overcome at this point in the game. Even if you can't get the license, like that's what I think is the problem. Like like you mentioned, getting these games on virtual, like the Nintendo online service or the PlayStation. I that was a joke. I do know PlayStation are bringing back their old stuff. <laughs> it's just not as easily accessible yeah. as what Nintendo's doing. Honestly, what's it? Their PlayStation on? I forget what their service now, is called now. PS Now. That, yeah, they're slowly trickling out PSP, PS One, and PS Two games, but. It, it, it is what it is, but I think that a lot of the issues with these old sports games, and you see it on the Nintendo service, is that they do bring them back, but they bring back mostly the sports games that don't have any licenses to them, yep. so there's not that issue with bringing back players, so if you were to make a hits game from an indie developer, what would really be cool, and I think you would like this the most, Mike, is to just basically give you the sandbox of an NHL hockey game, and then you have the ability to make all your own logos, and it would, it would be like like 95% of an NHL game where like all the logos would look similar to what you can like, cause you'd have to make everything from scratch. So you would make your Maple Leafs logo and your Sabres logo and your Senators logo. And you can make, you can adjust player stats so you can make all of your, you know, your Ovechkins and your Gretzky's like you can play through all of the years of all the greats and everything. You can adjust everything to make a player maybe look like and play like those players did, but it's not them because you created it. Right. Kind of like what we saw with, um, what baseball game was that where they couldn't add, um, was Barry it Barry Bonds? Bonds? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they, uh, what was the name of the character that they put in? Jim instead? Dowd. I Jim think. Dowd. Exactly. Like it would be like a game completely like that. And that, yeah. that would be the game. Um, I think that would be really cool. And you can, you can have fun with it. You can play online. That's the other thing too, that that's so different about video games nowadays is that the games, it seems like if a game can't be played forever, then developers and publishers aren't interested in making them anymore. I know. So it'd be nice to just like, it's okay for a game to be a one-off thing. Like, like NHL hits 02 and 03 were. But we'll we'll have to just wait and see. I feel like I'm ending this one on a sour note now. I need to bring it. I need to bring some levity into this. Damn it! <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay because there, there, there's hope. There's hope. I mean, even I actually love that idea uh, yeah. that you have right there because even MLB the Show does a great job with uh, being able to mm-hmm. upload logos. So like 
uh, and and actually 2K, like NBA 2K, uh, Marty, he created the Vancouver Grizzlies right, again. Exactly. You know, he he just downloaded he he created a new new team. He uh, downloaded all the assets that are that are just in in the NBA 2K server like server. Uh, just that people have uploaded. You just search Vancouver Grizzlies. Oh, there's the assets for the court. Someone made assets for all these um, these other things for it, like the logos, everything for the jerseys. Uh, and like that's a really cool thing that has kind of started to become part of these annualized sports franchises. Yeah. Where before, I mean, Marty and I used to be part of a forum where you literally, that was the forum, was like added, creating these designs for the PC mods of NHL 09 hmm. and NHL 04 and then and and putting the like current day players and, yeah, and current cool. day jerseys and stuff in there that's right cool. so like the the fact that that these like st- people like 2K and um and Sony are pushing this like I think there's there's hope that one day we'll be able to to ha- create our own NHL hits yeah exactly like start from scratch you can and you can bring up all the old teams that don't exist anymore like you can make the Montreal Maroons play against the Montreal Canadians or something and then you, <laughs> yeah. and then you can add Shrek into there too and have all the characters from uh from the DreamWorks movies or if that's what you want to do because every time there's a game on PC it seems like putting Shrek in the game is the first thing everybody wants to do and that that's really what hits was all about it was about having your favorite NHL team play against a group of pirates or aliens or whatever it just got so wacky and if you gave the people the tools to make that or like make that a an honest hockey game or a goofy hockey game i think that the, the possibilities there are are absolutely limitless but mike well i'm sitting here in my in my apartment waiting for the day that i can uh, i can have the maple leafs play against uh, the gingies from uh, from shrek 2 why don't <laughs> listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 17 of the unlocking what was cool podcast on episode 17, we are talking about our first ever N64 game on the podcast. We are talking about Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, it's going to be a very exciting episode. Finally, we get to talk about some N64, which I hate, of course, Neil. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you just got to do it. Sometimes you got to pick up that 3 prong controller and just go for it and get your collectibles. And that's what Banjo-Kazooie is going to be all about. We're excited to uh, to relive the nostalgia of it. Uh, 25 years since Banjo first made uh, his debut and um, yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a good conversation with uh, a lot of good guests about uh, banjo kazooie kazooie and of course uh, rare it's gonna be a fun time it's, we're gonna be picking up the n64 controller this week for the first time in a long time how are you picking up that n64 controller mike are you a uh, middle to left middle to right right and left how are you doing it yeah, I'm, I'm I'm one of those people who do the the right and left, Ooh. so I don't have either, <laughs> so I have no advantage. No, I think I always do. It's actually a good, good question. Uh, we should ask that for our, our first question for our users to come on. It kind of reminds me of that. Remember that chart that you showed us before of the uh, the shopping cart where it's like chaos uh, order yeah. and like the two ends would be like chaos chaos or whatever the uh, like the absolute chaos one would be. Yeah, I like you that. Your, like in middle finger touching the Z trigger if you want, but no, it's gonna be awesome. I love Banjo Kazooie. I love the. N64, all the 3D platformers from back in the day, takes me back to being a kid in grade one, you know, kindergarten after school, having half days of school, absolutely fantastic, listening to the glorious music pumping out of my parents' tube TV, because uh, I, I had no homework and no responsibilities, so N64, good times, Banjo-Kazooie is a great game, so it's going to be a ton of fun, but until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 16 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast, new episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services, leave us a rating and a review. 
you so we can make the show better. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. All patrons get the show ad free and a little early. Thank you so much to everybody over there. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and join the weekly conversation on our Discord channel. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Fred Durst, Neil says hi. Thank you so much for the support and we will see you next week. See you later. Keep on rolling, baby. The Unlocking What Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada, and hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Additional voices provided by Victor Young. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 level. I Rebel, Dean Donian, Joey Sirico, Marty Thompson, Double Ugly, Benito Benito, AJ Olson 11, Pedro Marquez, Cube Dude, Bogus Lotus, Jude, and Way Overrated. But you already said hi to him. Said hi to who? Fred Durst? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He did invite me backstage, but I told him I had to go record a podcast, and he uh, he understood. He, he understood. I hope you slapped a Unlock Your Movies Cool sticker right on his hat. Oh, yeah, right in the forehead. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> that hat must smell terrible. <laughs>